Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast it's soon. A new day. Yes, it is. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this special edition of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. It is episode number 41. I am Jay. I am back, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. Now, it is, well, it's Saturday, so tomorrow marks exactly one week to the day of WrestleMania. WrestleMania has been in the books for a whole week. We've had the Raw after Mania, which in my opinion was kind of lackluster, but we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. Um, and now... Myself and my co-host for this evening will be able to speak on WrestleMania as well as a whole bunch of other events that took place over the weekend. And we can talk as knowledgeable and not in the moment. Like, we can talk objectively about these shows. And like I said, not in the moment and being all excited, history-making things and and this and that. And we could actually look at it. We've seen it maybe once or twice, and we could actually... Talk about what really happened this past weekend at WrestleMania and all these other shows. So with that being said, let me introduce my co-host for this evening. He is back at it. My man, Sammy Muniz. Sammy, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's up? Glad to be back on. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And a lot to get into, too, in a, in a, in a relatively constrained time period. So we're going to get right into now. Let's see. Friday. Well, 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 I believe... Thursday started the festivities for a lot of these shows uh, in the tri-state area because, obviously, I've said it before, when Mania comes around, the whole wrestling world comes around to make some money. Um, <laughs> so I think Thursday night was was the Impact show, right, Sam? That's correct. We had some minor shows starting on Wednesday, but the yeah. big ones with uh, parentheses, with uh, quotation marks, <laughs> what an idiot. But um, Impact was the first big one, and that was on Thursday. Yeah. Now, now I vaguely like I saw it, I think, Friday morning because I was still off from work. I just got back to work on Tuesday. It's kind of kicking my ass, but that's not here and there. Um, <laughs> um, so I saw the impact show Friday morning. Now, one, one thing I could tell you, Sam, and I don't know if you agree or not, but. Pretty much to me at this point, impact for me is an indie fed. I, I don't think. They're on that level anymore. I think they're just an indie fed with a TV deal because usually uh, indie feds would be maybe on Twitch if they if they got it like that or not on any TV deal at all or YouTube or whatever the case. But Impact for a show that used to be on Spike, 
uh, uh, Fox Sports. It used to be on, 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 you know, all these other channels or whatever the case. And they just been getting lower and lower and lower in terms of the food chain of TV production. Now, I've said it before. They have good talent. They do. I mean, if you see the roster, the roster's pretty good. But it just looks like a low-budget indie fed to me now, which they're trying to team up with MLW. They've been teaming up with other organizations just to stay alive. Um, In your opinion, I mean, how low do they have to go for, I guess, I I don't think Dixie Carter owns it anymore. I forget who owns it, but how low do they have to? Anthem, that's right. How low do they have to go for Anthem to pull the plug? I think they need to pull the plug now. It's dead. And they need to, like I always constantly text you and tell you, they need to give it to Billy. Yeah. Give all the talent over to Billy Corgan. Give him the Orlando Studios and just hand it over to him and let him do it, whatever he wants to do with it. Anthem needs to get out of it. Yeah. It's, it's just really bad. The, 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 the Thursday pay-per-view, um, it was not too far from, from where I'm at. It was probably like 30, 40 minutes away from me. Um, but it, it was, you couldn't, they, they didn't mic the audience, which looked as if they were having an awesome time. The matches, even when you're watching the uh, telecast, the matches were good. It's just the, the, the lighting, everything about it was just bad. And you're back in a bingo hall. Even yeah. when TNA started on the Jeff Jarrett, you had the... the what was it in? Uh, they were in Tennessee or in Memphis? I think uh, it was. Memphis, uh, I want to say the Nashville Fairgrounds. Oh, they were in Nashville. I, I thought yeah. they were in, in Memphis, but they were in Nashville, and that building, even though it it was recently torn down, uh, torn down because they're rebuilding a new building. That was the the asylum, right? If I remember yes, correctly, the asylum. But yeah. that was a wrestling venue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That and 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 they were smart enough to do their pay per views consistently there get exposure, but, you know, and, and Orlando was a move, a move they made. I think they should have gone back and forth from Nashville to Orlando, Nashville, Orlando. Um, they could have kept, like, the old system of the southern states and the southern type wrestling because that was the type of wrestling they had. Yeah. But what they have now is just, like you said, it's indie. It's, it's garbage right now. No one's watching. The talent's good. The talent's great, in matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. But no one's watching. I think they had like a I, I was looking up the stats. They had like maybe a hundred thousand people viewed it and that channel mm. that supposedly no one has. I've never even yeah. heard of that channel. What so, channel what channel is that? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot the name. <laughs> no one knows. Uh, apparently Anthem owns it. It's probably a Canadian channel, but yeah. it's, it's 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 time for Anthem to let go. Yeah. You're not making I, money, I... you're losing probably hemorrhaging money. Now now they signed R V D. Yeah, for a year, and the thing is, I, I've been, I, I'm, I've always been a fan of Rob Van Dam. I, I, from you know, obviously the ECW days to what were his best times of his career. He had some great times in WWE. He even had good times in his first run in TNA. The dude, for his age, he's always been in shape. He's always been a great athlete. But for some reason, the past few years, WWE has not wanted that man back, and and I don't know why, but. You know, obviously TNA or Impact or whatever they want to call themselves now, just wanting to stay alive, just wanting to bring on any name. And if you watch that main event with Van Dam and Sabu against uh, the Lucha Brothers, um, 
Van Dam's not Van Dam no more, man. I mean, for the first time in his career, I think he actually has a little gut going. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he can still probably go, but he it's not the same. And and Van Dam is what hitting fifty. Like, who's gonna you know want to say, oh, you know what? Let me let me turn the channel to see fifty year old Rob Van Dam do the same thing he was doing back in nineteen ninety nine. No one's gonna want to do that. You know, squeeze out one more match from him with Johnny Impact, and uh, yeah, that'll be about it. Well, that that that's what I think the reasoning for that was. Oh, let's get him and 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 Impact together. Uh, Let's get him probably with uh, Brian Cage or or whoever you know up and coming young talent they have over there that they stole from Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but um, but yeah, I, I. I've been proclaiming the death of, of of TNA Impact for at least the past five years, and I'm p- pleasantly surprised. But at the same time, it looks like they've just been dying every year a little bit more and more, just slowly. You know what I mean? And it's a shame because the talent, you know, it's good talent. They've been putting on decent shows. Uh, I think their biggest star, their best stars are, like I said, like you said, Johnny Impact, Brian Cage, Killer Cross is pretty good. I've lost all faith in Moose. I don't know what he, what he's doing, but he ugh. he has it's, like it's misdirection. That's all it is. Yeah, I'm like, what are they doing with that dude now? He has like a a flamboyant jacket looking. I don't know what he's doing, but then with the girls, obviously, it's a rotation of Rosemary and and Allie and and Sue Young and and that that's whole pretty storyline about the. It is crazy. What is just, that? It's horrible. <laughs> it's just horrible it's just it's just and and i thought you know it'll, it'll be there and then it'll go it's just continuous and it's just horrible it's just like you would have thought the story ended two or three times uh, well you know what i think they're trying to do i think they're trying to rekindle the magic that matt hardy left behind i think <laughs> but it's not matt hardy's magic. i know i know <laughs> they, they... Uh, rosemary's the only person who's still around from that like uh what was that group she had with Abyss and 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 Crazy Steve and oh yeah oh. and they were feuding with the Broken Hardies and all that Decay yeah, Decay yeah, Decay that was me. she's the only one still around and suppose and she's the only one that resigned with TNA for a godly I, I don't know how long but you know she had a chance probably to go to WWE they they were interested but she decided to stay in TNA. Um, but she's young enough. She'll make it eventually. She's a she's the one of the only bright shining things about Impact, um, especially in the women's division. Really, I don't think besides her and probably Sue Young, just because she's a weird character, I don't see really anybody else. I mean, they got Rich Swan. The X division has always been good, um, but you know, and Ove. Like like I said, they got talent. It's just it's it's Bush League now. Like it just mm-hmm. looks it looks that like is, any, it looks like any awesome other indie fed. Ace Austin, he's 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 good. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I I just don't understand why Johnny Impact, who's the Impact champion, who's going the top for the champion X, in the going for the X, X Division title now. Yeah, yeah, that's just you, you know, Cage just gave up his X Division title to get a shot at Impact's title. Why is Impact in the <laughs> X Division? It, it just it just the storylines are horrible. You know, it's, to give what, it up. You know what it's looking like? It's looking like. Uh, the ending of WCW, the way they used to book shit. That's what that's looking like. Yeah. You know, when they ha- when they had cruiserweight tag team titles, when they had, you know, Booker T as heavyweight champion and then U.S. champion, and they were flip flopping both belts with Scott Steiner, and uh, it, it was just looking weird. You know, it, it's Vince Russo style booking. That's what it's looking like. 
All they need is a Viagra on a pole match, like what my boy Dan said in the last episode. And the women's matches, <laughs> Eli Drake ah. didn't want to fight Tessa Blanchard on that card, and he got oh, fired. Oh, he got fired for that, just for not wrestling Tessa. Yes, that's that's it. He said, "Look, I have nothing against Tessa, but it's not part of my gimmick. It's not part of the character I play. I just don't feel comfortable with it." So. Mm. Well, they speaking of in, her, I actually retract my statement. I think Tessa Blanche is their biggest star right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is. She is. She's great. I love Tessa Blanche. She's really good. I'm surprised WWE didn't pick her up. She was a part of that May Young Classic the first time first time around, and they didn't pick her up. I, I don't understand that. I, you know, WWE's all about legacy. She's the daughter of Tully Blanchard. She's the stepdaughter of Magnum TA, you know. Yeah, how why would her contract and she didn't sign? Because think about it, who who thought that the top two uh, women's wrestlers were the daughter of Ric Flair and the daughter of Tully Blanchard? How crazy! Make a a real four horsemen with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How crazy would that have been? That would have been great. All you need is two quality other wrestlers, and that's it. But you mean not Sasha Banks and Bailey, who are very upset about their positions right now? Well, we could get into that. We could get into that a little bit too, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, just to put the kibosh on this impact thing, man. That, yeah. If it is gonna stick around, what do you think would be able to get them over the hump? Nothing at this point. Yeah, I agree. They're done. They're cooked. <laughs> the only it's time to come home. The prodigal son has to come home to NWA. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whether you know, they, they continue or they die, it, it, it has to be absorbed by NWA either way. Now, does Billy go after them or does Cody go after them? Um, That's interesting. And I don't think Cody's in the business of fighting with Billy. I think he has a good relationship with Billy. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we've seen the end of the NWA and, and Cody. So I think we'll see something with NWA and AEW. Yeah. You know? and, and it's interesting because if you think about it, out of all the shows that happened this past weekend, the two that no showed were the NWA yeah. and AEW. Yeah. Yeah, you had um Nick Aldis uh, announcing. Oh, for the G one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the G one, but it was the one match and he was in and out, he didn't participate, and that was it. Well, that's because NWA still has that little working relationship with ROH. That's the only reason, you know, that he was there for the most part. But but I think yeah. I think I was trying to look up earlier today about the whole Lightning One company that Billy owns. Yeah. And uh, because I had watched some of those uh, those series, those Ten Pounds of Gold series, which are really good. Yeah, uh, on YouTube, NWA. absolutely. Yeah. And 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 sometimes I leave comments or something, and I read them, and someone wrote something interesting about um, championship wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah. And they were disappointed that no teams were from there and um, in the uh, Crockett Cup. Okay. And all I know is that the NWA person who's in charge of it wrote, Lightning One purchased uh, the company in 2017. And mm. then the person's like, can you reflect on that? So I'm trying to think, did he buy championship uh, wrestling from uh, Hollywood? Because if that's the case, a lot of those impact wrestlers came that are currently on the roster came. Even Eli Drake, who now is gone, was from Championship Wrestling in Hollywood. Well, from Hollywood. So I don't know. Something something could be cooking that we don't know. You know. Yeah. And like, but let's move on to another. 
Yeah, the yeah. Next day. <laughs> well, before I mean the the next day we had a uh, we had a couple of shows. We had NXT. No, I think it was well yes. of the main co- cards. It was NXT. But NXT and MLW. And MLW. That's right. Um, but even I'm gonna just I'm gonna fast forward to Saturday and then go back to NXT real quick because okay. obviously Saturday we had the Hall of Fame and the G1 in the same night, literally the same time. Um, so I want to get into the Hall of Fame real quick. Now, th- there's really only one main thing I really want to talk about, and I'm sure you know where I'm gonna go at with this. Um, <laughs> you know the 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 speeches were okay; they were condensed, like it wasn't an over crazy long time Hall of Fame as usual but uh they they like they made the guys kind of lower their uh their time here with their speeches um they they had a different setup now the the original setup was the regular you know hall with the podium and and everybody was looking down at the wrestlers as they gave their speech this year they had made their speeches in the ring which i'm sure after what happened here will never happen again but um they they had the the podium in the ring and uh, they had their guys make their entrances and and do their speeches and stuff, and in particular when Brett and Natty were up there doing their speech, when Brett was talking about his you know relationship with Jim, uh, Nightheart and all that stuff, some clown jumped the rail, came into the ring and tackled Bret Hart and Natty took both of them down, and um from the video that I saw because obviously the WWE Network went to black but people were recording, um. Immediately, Travis Brown, Shane McMahon, The New Day, a whole bunch of guys went in there um, to take this guy out. And, you know, Travis Brown was throwing punches. Shane McMahon had the dude by the neck. Um, and as they were escorting the guy out, I think it was uh, Dash Wilder gave him a nice hook shot and knocked the guy right out. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. You know what's but, um, funny about that? How crazy is that, that, that someone actually jumped the rail and tried to freaking attack Bret Hart like that? And he, yeah, and his reason was he told the police officers, the NYPD, he said it was just the right time. <laughs> the right time to do it. How it- yeah, that was his reason. <laughs> but what's crazy is he may have a case assault-wise. Because wow. once you're in restraint and they have you restrained. Um, you mean against Dash? Yes, against Dash. Okay. Travis yeah. Brown is a slippery slope. Yeah, because, um, because it was in the middle of the of the action, yeah. you know. Yeah. Even though Travis Brown just would not stop. Well, you see, Travis Brown also he's his hands are registered weapons. If you're a fighter of any kind, boxer, mixed martial artist, whatever, you're technically your body's a registered weapon. And he was throwing haymakers while the dude was on the floor. <laughs> yeah. So so, you know, if he has a sleaze bag attorney, um. Maybe, maybe Travis Brown, but Dash, I'm surprised. Yeah, you he, know, no he, assault he, charges or no lawsuit so well, far. Well, the th- well, the thing is, uh, you know, Vince McMahon has a great attorney. Also, uh, you know, Jerry McDavid has put people through the floor in the ringer in the courtroom. Um, but I mean, you know, you know, man, being a wrestling fan for years and years and years, the old adage: you get in that ring, you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why Travis Brown ultimately will get away with it. But yeah. Dash, Dash Wilder, uh, was it Dash Wilder or it was Dash? Yeah, okay, it, it was Dash. Dash. All right. Um, so I'm just, it, it, I I think the same rule applies. You get in the ring, you're gonna get messed up. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It just takes one, one uh cowboy to basically say, ah, I got a lawsuit here. Yeah. But um, 
I think he gets away with it ultimately in trial. Yeah, if, I don't think I don't think there. any of these wrestlers are gonna get charged with anything. Uh, at the end of the day, the judge is gonna be like, "You shouldn't have got your ass in there." You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I, I hope any that's normal person would being. see that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, what was the reasoning for you know, jumping in? I don't know. He probably needs help, but I think he was just being a jerk. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna tackle a dude in his 60s that has had a stroke, survived cancer. You're gonna jump in there and beat that guy up and say, "Cause it was the right time." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's it's, something wrong. There's something wrong with that dude. You know what yeah. I mean? And the thing is, nobody knows if he had a knife, if he had anything. He could have went for Brett's jugular. Nobody knows. You know what I mean? So you know, he, he could have literally before of like stalking someone, like another MMA. Oh, he did. I a yeah. He's he's had a lot of trouble and encounters with the law. Mm, so, so he has a history. So he's definitely not going to win no case if he decides to. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So like you said. There was a. If are you referring to the G one? Yeah. Fight. Speaking of that, now isn't it funny that this happens literally maybe a half an hour after what happened to Bret Hart? It just just a little quinky dink. Maybe someone over in MSG that works for ROH or New Japan was like, "Hey, you looking at this?" And they sent out two former WWE guys to do the exact same thing to make their debut. I don't know. It's a little coincidence. I don't know if you saw, if you had a chance to see the video I sent you, but I don't know if the wrestlers were fully aware. I don't think the G.O.D. was. I'll tell you that much, because they look confused as all hell. I don't think, I don't think um, the Briscoe sure either. I don't know, man. Well, well, now, I don't know how true it is, but I was listening to that show on XM, uh, Busted Open, with Dave LaGreca, and uh, Bully, Bully Ray is a host also on that show. Yeah. And and they they asked Bully. They said, "Listen, man, what what was your thoughts?" He was like, "I don't know. I was in the locker room and um cuz I, I I wrestled earlier in the night, so cuz I was in the Rumble. I think he was in the Honor Rumble. Um or was he? I'm not sure. No, I forgot. He fought, no, he, he fought flipped, flipped Gordon, Gordon. Gordon and then it became Gordon. a yes. six-man tag. That's right. That's right. So he was like his match was over, so he was just in the locker room. All he heard was two guys jump the rail and he just immediately ran out there. And when he actually saw who it was, he was just like, what the? Like, he didn't re- he didn't understand. And obviously, the two guys we're talking about, and they have new wrestling names, by the way, which is why I think this is also definitely a, a work, because um, they're promoting themselves. Um, Enzo, which is spelled now N-Z-O, and Big Cass, who is now Cass XL, um, C-A-Z-X-L, Cass XL, so they can, everybody can, you know, remember who, who they are. These guys jumped the rail during the tag. Uh, was it the Ring of Honor or IWGP? Oh, it was a. They were. It was a combined match. Combined match, yes. The four, the gr- four, four team, uh, title for title. Yeah. So the Gorillas of Destiny were in there, and then all of a sudden, Enzo and Cash jumped the rail and started fighting with the Briscoes. So if you see the video that you know Big Cass is dropping f bombs, you know, you know Enzo is swinging on on Mark, and everybody's fighting. Bully Ray comes out. He starts punching people. It looks like stiff punches to Enzo. Like he looked like he clocked them pretty good. <laughs> Let me tell you, when when Jay was it Jay Briscoe? Jay Briscoe was throwing haymakers at freaking I, I Enzo. Cast. They were going blow oh, yeah. for blow. Yeah, that they were knocking each other. That wasn't. That's why. I, I okay. I believe the work was in, but I think it was one sided. I think it was they told Enzo and Cass just go in there and just do it, and I just think. 
you know, the G.O.D., were, they were like, what the hell? They were pissed about it. Yeah, they um, looked tight. Yeah. <laughs> who, who else? Tenkozy was in the match, I think, as well. And they were looking like and pretending to be fighting with PCO and with Brody King and yeah. thinking to themselves, like, should we jump in, you know? Like, you can see them. I'll the tell you this, they, they, just... they, didn't, they didn't want PCO to get in that fight. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I know, 51 years old, and I think he got harder. <laughs> Yo, he's a madman, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want him to take a, like a, a like, I, I, was it ROH or MLW? He put a chair and he tried to, he put his opponent at the edge of the of the ring, on the outside of the ring. Oh, the and then he jumped yeah. from the top rope. Oh. And the guy moved and he got caught by the chair Ooh, and the yeah. edge on the floor. And I was he's like, insane. He's and he insane. got up. He he's got insane. up. <laughs> it, that dude, like, like his career has, has he's, he's probably the comeback guy so far. Like yeah. mid mid twenty eighteen to you know where we're at now in twenty nineteen, I think he's like a comeback guy of the year because, like you said, fifty one years old, the dude is still going. Like this dude was, you know, Pierre from the Quebecers. You know what I mean? Like a lot of and people he forget was the pirate. <laughs> he was the pirate, and and now you know he's been PCO for the past like twelve years or fifteen years or whatever. And now he's this Frankenstein monster character, and it's over like Grover, man. The dude is crazy, you know? He's yeah, blind in was, one it, eye. It was like... weird how he came into the <laughs> ring on the G1 Supercard. It's just a weird entrance. The lighting was off. Like, like not in terms of actually being off, but I don't think they did it correctly. Because the light was still on to the point where you can see him walking to the electric chair. And then he sits, then the lights come on, and he's there in the electric chair. I'm like, I saw him sit. Like, you know, like, <laughs> the yeah. Undertaker, he is not. You know what I mean? I'll tell you that much in terms of lighting and, and all that other stuff. They tried, and it's a good character. I like PCO. Um, but, uh, yeah, the entrance was botched. And now my question is, obviously, Enzo and Cass, supposedly they have not been signed by Ring of Honor yet. Um, but I would think after that they they would sign them at this point because you're gonna make money having Enzo and Cass go against the Briscoes. Um, my my question is how do you how do you book that going forward? Like it, it's gonna be big time publicity for Ring of Honor to bring in these two guys. Obviously, fine. D- people are gonna say WWE rejects, blah blah blah. Listen, Enzo Amore has been in the news. Since he got let go from WWE, he's a controversial character. He br- he brings in value. Big Cass is a young dude, seven feet tall. You know these guys were a popular tag team. No one could take that away from them. Enzo can talk. Big Cass is a big bastard. You know what I mean? And then you put them with the Briscoes. That's that's money. I see that as money. You know what I mean? So like, I, you know, I don't know what Ring of Honor's next pay per view is, but uh, I, that that should be a top. You know match in that card. I don't know about you. Uh yeah, it would be um I think I think ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to see them on um when is it on the 27th in 2 weeks. They'll probably interfere in the Crockett Cup. Yeah. That's how I think they introduced them. And then that that sucks for ROH because it they'll, they'll just be conceding in their partnership even more to NWA. So <laughs> It, it, you know, it, it, it's another promotion. I'm like, is it dying or is it merging? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but well, yeah, since I, I, I yeah. think I think it's going to be interesting because now you have the 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 Enzo and Kaz against Briscoe. People want to see that, right? 
yeah. people want to see somehow if, if Devon comes back just to fight them again. <laughs> um, and, and not only that, then then you have the question of the ROH titles because I don't know if you've been looking online, but well, um, isn't isn't God now the ROH? Yeah, the, and, yeah, the and tag team champions, and they've been throwing the titles like nothing, like they don't care about it, and it's garbage. Yeah. So, interesting dynamic there. Will they have them fight them, or will they have them give up the titles, and then, you know, what happens? You well, know? I think I think God. You know they they they've been properly trained. They they know how to work. They know how to you know. I think if they are gonna drop the titles, they're gonna drop it in the ring. I don't think they're just gonna not show up and not participate, especially with New Japan and ROH having that relationship for the past like what five, six, seven years already. Uh, I think God, if they do drop it, they're gonna drop it in the ring, probably back to the Briscoes or even in a triple threat against the Briscoes and and. Probably Enzo and Cass or whatever, what other tag you know tag team that ROH brings in, but um, but yeah, I, with them doing that, it has a lot of momentum. It's all over YouTube. It probably has millions and millions of views by now. I, I could see you know, like you said, within the next two weeks, the next big show that they got coming out. If Cass and Enzo doesn't show up, then you know something's probably wrong there. You know, yeah. So oh, yeah. since since we got into so much detail into that match, we might as well get into the whole G1 real quick, just knock out through it. Um, they had a pre-show, which was their version of a Royal Rumble. It's called the Honor Rumble. They had some pretty entertaining dudes in there, some big hitters like Minoru Suzuki and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. They had some R- big-time ROH guys in there. Now, their big, big uh, surprise was entrant number 30, which was the great freaking Muda. What 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 went through your head when he popped out? I was like, "Wow, yeah, he's still wrestling." <laughs> like I, I knew the great Muda. I, I knew he was in New York the in the eighties. Like I knew he was in New York because I think he wrestled for House of Glory. Um, I think that Friday or or Thursday, I forget when they did their show, but he definitely wrestled. I think him and Tajiri was on that card as a tag team. I'm not sure uh, in what capacity, but um, I knew he was in New York. But I thought. He was going to be done after after House of Glory. I didn't think he was going to show up, and obviously he's a legend in in terms of. And the funny thing is, he became a legend first in America. That that's a lot of things people don't realize. He didn't make it at first in Japan. He tried out, trained, came to America first. He was in world class back in the day as the as the ninja, and then he got went to WCW along with Gary Hart, and that's where he became. Great Muta, obviously in Japan. Love him in the feuds with Sting. Oh, yes, and the moonsault out of nowhere. He used to pull yeah. those moonsaults out of nowhere. I was crazy, like, <laughs> crazy. And the thing is, a lot of people don't realize he's a big dude. Like he's, he's yeah. like six four. You know, two hundred and fifty pounds, and he was doing all those flips. He was definitely, definitely ahead of his time in terms of. He wasn't a cruiserweight. He was a heavyweight. Like he was in the heavyweight division. Yeah, I mean, like you said, wrestling Sting, wrestling Flair. You know, you, uh, you know when you realize he's big, when you see him in uh, the IWGP match uh, when he fights Hulk Hogan. I think Hulk Hogan wins yes. the title from him, and yes. that's when you realize this is not a small guy. No, because Hogan at the time was still at his peak, was six six, six seven, and Muda was looking at him eye to eye. And you're like, huh? Yeah. I didn't realize Muda was that big. <laughs> Just like Masahiro Chono, another one who was a freaking monster. But he was more technical. He wasn't like Muda. Muda was just 
Oda was wow. great, man. Yeah, I, I kind of wish, even though I'm kind of glad he never went to WWF. And but but can you imagine a great Muda in WWF in the '90s? How that would have been? It was like it not worked out. Even probably even, not. He would have been a gimmick. Remember Hakushi? And yeah. he had a great match with Bret Hart. Jinsei Shinsaiki, I think it was his uh, his real name. He wrestled in ECW a couple of times and FMW and all that stuff. He had all the Japanese lettering all over his body. He did this one move that I really liked. And you know how the Undertaker, they call it old school. He walks the ropes. This dude would literally walk around the ring on the ropes <laughs> and do like a chop. He was really good. He was good. He was like a little tank. You know who he reminds me of? He looks like Tomohiro Ishii a little bit to me. Like the bald head. It's kind of stocky looking. Like that. That's kind of. And Ishii was in that battle royal too. Um, but yeah, ultimately it was won by uh, Kenny King, which is kind of. Ugh. I'm not a big fan of Kenny King, but um, <laughs> it was like everyone was excited because the last two guys in that rumble was Liger and Muda, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, two legends are gonna kick each other's ass!" And one of these guys, I think the winner of this gets a uh, Ring of Honor title shot. Um, so Kenny King ends up coming up out of nowhere and eliminating the two legends, and then gets his comeuppance afterwards. They both beat his ass. Um, th- this was a fun little pre-show match. This rumble is pretty good. You get a bunch of you know, random guys in here. You know, it wasn't bad. Um, so let's see what else. Uh, la, la, la. Ne- First match of the card for the it was a title for title match. Ring of Honor television champion Jeff Cobb defeating the never open weight champion Will Ospreay in a title for title match. Now Jeff Cobb is a double champion. How did you think about this match as an opener? Yeah, it was it was okay. I, I was I was like Jeff Cobb wins. <laughs> Yeah, you know they they they're pushing that dude to the moon right now. Yeah, I think it's just it, it it's bland. They're trying to give us um Rhino all over again, but it's bland. Yeah, you know? I mean it's kind of like he kind of gives me the Doctor Death Steve Williams vibe, like badass in the ring, but not really much character. Like Doctor Death didn't really have much character either for me. That's why he was relegated later on to a tag team role, and he yeah. was great on it. Yeah, like with uh, with Terry with Terry Gordy, if I remember that. Yeah, that was a badass tag team, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but yeah, Will Osprey drops the belt. Um, where does Will Osprey go from here? I don't know. I wonder. But he's growing into his body. I don't know if you notice. Yeah, he's getting he's getting bigger. I, getting, I do, I do see heavyweight. that heavyweight, a real heavyweight. Yeah, because he's been change the He's game. always been skinny, like. I mean, not Zack Sabre Jr. skinny, but Ricochet skinny. But now he's actually getting bigger. Yeah, yeah, he's he's getting bigger, and he's still doing flips. He's gonna he's gonna change the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He might even he might even change the style a little bit. Like he'll still do the flashy, crazy kicks and flips and stuff like that. But he'll probably incorporate some suplexes and some powerhouse moves in there. He, he's still young. He'll get there. He'll get there for sure. Yeah. Um, what about the next match, which is oh, Jose and Dalton Castle? Yeah, a squash. I wasn't expecting that. Like I know obviously Roosh or you know it's spelled Rush, but they call it Roosh. Uh I know Roosh is a big deal in Mexico and all that stuff, but Dalton Castle, who just a couple of months back was Ring of Honor world champion yeah. to get squashed in what like 20 seconds what 15 seconds he, yeah 15 seconds i was like what the hell happened here what, what was your thoughts and then they, when he got squashed like heel on his uh on his voice he beat them down yeah and this is just weird yeah i don't uh, i don't know if that's just 
ROH's way of appealing to their Mexican audience or trying to get them hyped. But I mean, you don't uh, you don't feed a former world champion like that. That's weird. Yeah, that was just weird. And then the next match was weird too, which was uh oh the women's match. Yeah, right? Kelly Klein defeated Mayu Iwatani to win the Women of Honor Championship. It, the ending was weird. It was weird. I was like, huh? I was like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get it. I'm like, uh, so then this person comes out, kicks her, the beautiful people come out. I'm like, the beautiful. Uh, the... Now, listen, I, I, I'll say this right now. This is my little guilty pleasure because I've been in love with Velvet Sky since I'm 17 years old. So she can come out whenever she wants and I'll be a little puppy. <laughs> she She's not great in the ring, but she's been my guilty pleasure forever. And I'm so mad she's freaking freaking dating Bubba Ray Dudley, but that's neither here or there. But, so, but the whole thing is this. The the beautiful people didn't work. They worked only when they had uh, Billy Gunn. That was funny. He was that a part was of, funny. of them. Yes. He was like their stylist or something crap like that. Yeah, yeah, so it was like a whole Billy Gunn spinoff type thing. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's it just... I don't know. Well, they had, it, they it had a weird few, an ending. They had a few incarnations. It was them... Then they had uh, Madison Rain with them. Then they had Lacey Von Eric, Carrie Von Eric's niece. She was with them. Um, yeah. They had, you know, different incarnations here and there. Now, I, I wasn't expecting it because Velvet Sky has been retired for about a year. Ever since she left Impact, she retired from wrestling and she was only going to do like little appearances here and there. I haven't seen Angelina Love in easily about a year and a half or two. I don't know where she's been. And. Obviously, Mandy Leone is a uh, is a uh, Ring of Honor, you know, Women of Honor. You know, she's on there all the time. She's one of their mainstays. So for those three to get together and beat up this chick and all that, now my thing is, is Ring of Honor in bad shape right now for because they're trying their hardest to bring in, they're bringing in all these TNA people and WWE guys. Like, in what shape is Ring of Honor in? They're constantly rebuilding, and that's what makes me think: uh, is it is it the partnership with Billy? Are they transforming into NWA as well? Because they were also a spinoff of NWA. Yeah. And now that NWA is no longer a um, regional type thing, and they have the modern day territories, but they're their own entity and not a coalition anymore. Um, maybe he's buying up stuff, and we don't know. Mm-hmm. You know. And Sinclair does want their, their channel, their stadium channel, to become the biggest sports channel um, in the nation, like a, 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 a over-the-air um, version of ESPN. So, and, and their focus in it is they do want to have wrestling programming on that, like to be a main part of it, you know, and, and, and eventually get into more sports. So... You know, they did mention they were working with, with, with certain wrestling names, and now we see this whole thing with NWA, and they're probably trying to give him, set it up that he's going to get his own time, Billy. Yeah. And I'm wondering if his own time is going to be the RH time. You know? Could be. Could be, yeah. It's, it's it, The way the wrestling world outside of WWE looks right now is real interesting because I think... You know, with AEW, with with uh, with NWA, with ROH and New slash New Japan, and uh, those are pretty much the main companies. I'm not going to even add Impact in there because then they 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 got no shot. But um, 
all those companies out there that are not called WWE, that are not affiliated with WWE at all, it's real interesting to see how it's all going to look. You know what I mean? Like, once everything is, once AEW has that first show, that double or nothing show, once, you know, like the Crockett Cup keeps on going, once NWA gets another big show that comes out at some point and Ring of Honor slash New Japan and all that stuff, like, it could be something if all those entities come together and make just one, like, just like how it was back in the day, just one entity, just with a different, a bunch of different sections, you know, it could make for some good competition. Who knows? You know what I mean? But it's real interesting how things look right now. Yeah. So right after that match, we had, you had mentioned there earlier, Bully Ray. It was meant to be a Bully Ray open challenge. And it was challenged, was accepted by Flip Gordon, who apparently has been on the shelf for the past six or seven months and who wasn't expected to be on the card. But Flip Gordon came out. They had a little fight going on. And then all of a sudden, Shane Taylor and Silas Young come out and they start beating the hell out of Flip Gordon. And then in the middle of that, we had a the group called Lifeblood, which consists of Juice Robinson and Mark Haskins. They came out to the aid of Flip Gordon and then became a six man. And uh, Flip Gordon, Mark Haskins, and Juice Robinson gets the win. I think it was a you know fun little match, a nice little hardcore match. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It wasn't it was, bad. It, was it wasn't like oh god, it's a technical. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was you know nothing. Not, it was just enjoyable. Nothing to really you know go crazy over. Um, match after that was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, triple threat match. Dragon Lee defeated Taishi Ishimori and Bandito. Um, it was it was all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was all right. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It it, it, it could have been better. It was. Yeah, it, it was just okay. Not nothing to you know, nothing to sneeze. Nothing to sneeze at. But it wasn't you know whatever. It was whatever. <laughs> we already spoke about the tag team uh, championship. Obviously, the God Gorillas of de- defeated Villain and Villain Enterprises. Also, the Briscoes and Evil and Sonata. They are now the Ring of Honor and IWGP tag team champions. Um, after that, now. There are two matches I have not seen yet in its entirety. This match I didn't get to watch yet, so you probably you know have more uh, thoughts about it. Was it was probably one of my favorite matches. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi to retain the British Heavyweight Championship. Uh, what, do you, what do you feel about this match? I liked it a lot. I did, and I saw Zack Sabre Jr. finally shine, um, especially with the talent level of Tanahashi. And it was it was it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta watch that because the thing is, when I started watching, I had started watching after the Hall of Fame, and uh, when I jumped on, it was the ending of the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship, and then af- obviously after that was the main event with uh with Okada. So um, this is probably the only match. I have not seen at, at all. Plus the beginning of the Ring of Honor Championship ladder match. Um, so yeah, I definitely have to probably after we're done recording, I'm going to just go, go back really and watch good. this match. Probably, probably may have been my favorite match of the night. Oh, all right. I got to check that but out. But it was also, it's hard because I can't say it definitely was my favorite match because the following match 
I was just about to say, you know what? I just messed up because I didn't see this match either. So (laughs) Kota Ibushi defeated Tatsuya Naito to win the IWGP Intercontinental title. And uh, go ahead. Let me me know what happened here, bro, because there's another one that I just have to watch. I haven't seen it yet. It was really good. And they got huge pops when they came in. Like they were recognized. So I, I think, you know... NJW, uh, NJP, New Japan was basically looking to see, like, are our wrestlers recognized in the United States? Oh, they were. Oh, they really were. <laughs> they got pops. And Ibushi and Naito and, and everyone was doing the eye thingy. And yeah, let me tell you, they put on a show, too. And that's why it's hard. I want to say Zack Jaber Jr.'s uh, match was better. But I, I don't know. Ibushi, I haven't seen him wrestle like this in a long time. And I've always thought he was a great talent. And he just, I was like, I wonder when they're gonna put, he's going to put it together. And I was like, he's young, whatever. Um, I think he put it together this time. I'm going to be honest with you. He put it together yeah. this match. I, I, I've always been a fan of Kota Ibushi. I, I was really surprised. Well, well, not really, because it was Kota Ibushi that actually turned down the WWE. They, they had him. He was supposed to win that first Cruiserweight Classic. But I think since he didn't sign, they they gave it to TJ Perkins, um, who they ended up shitting away anyway. But um, you know, yeah, I, I I've always been a fan of Kota. I remember when he was in NXT, Kota. that one uh, takeover show. He was in the front row, and then he never, you know, never materialized. Yeah, he had he had like besides the Cruiserweight Classic, he had about uh, he had maybe a few matches here and there for NXT, but he never signed. Like he never signed that long term contract with uh, with WWE. Well, speaking of that, I mean, we'll get into NXT right after this. But, uh, yeah, WWE took Kushida. Let's see how that works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so next match after that, obviously, uh, ladder match for the Ring of Honor world title. Uh, Matt Taven defeating Jay Lethal and Marty Scroll in a triple threat ladder match. Now, I saw the ending of this, um, but I didn't see it from beginning to end. I'm not a big Matt Taven fan. I know I know he's he's worked his way up. I remember I went to a live I went to Ring of Honor uh Final Battle. Oh no, was it Final Battle or a Manhattan Mayhem show back in the Manhattan Center probably like 7 years ago where Matt Taven was young, he was a part of the House of Truth with Truth Martini. He was like a sleazy Joey Ryan style character, not in the form of, you know, touching his junk yeah, or anything like that, but kind of like a sleazy type character. He was the Ring of Honor television title. That's the first time I saw him live, and he got murdered by Tommaso Ciampa in like 20 seconds for the belt, <laughs> um, which made me become a big fan of Tommaso Ciampa at that time. But um, but yeah, I've never been a big fan of Matt Taven. I know he was a part of the original kingdom with Adam Cole and, and Mike uh, Bennett or Mike Canellis, whatever you want to call him now. Um, but uh, then he made his own kingdom once they all left. Um, you know, and these guys are a little bit darker, like T. TK O'Ryan, I think his name is, and uh, Vinny Marsala, or what? I, I'm not sure who he is. I don't but, know. Um, I don't know the other guy's name. I just know TK O'Ryan. I think it's yeah, just, uh, that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I know they've been pushing this dude, and and Matt Taven's been, you know, being pushed to the moon, and now he's the Ring of Honor World Champion. For me, I mean, whatever. I'm kind of sick of Jay Lethal. Also, like, I feel like he's been ROH champion for 15 years already, but um. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on Matt Taven being being the man? I think they didn't give it to Marty, and I, I'm okay with Matt Taven having the title. But yeah. um, I agree, the push is like, ugh, 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. okay. But I think they didn't give it to Marty because it's what I mentioned to you a while back where I believe um, there's less importance in the telecast on their own title and they've been putting more importance on the NWA title. So when Jay Lethal had actually won and Dalton Castle came into the ring um, to confront them, and, and I think Marty Scroll came out, right? It was, yes. No, no, it was no. Sorry, sorry. It was Cody had lost to Jay Lethal, and Marty Scroll came out to the ring. Yes. And then Nick Aldis comes out, and they, they, it's like all the attention just breaks out of uh, the RH title. What's going on? Yeah. And everyone's like, "Oh, the NWA champions here! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And, yeah. and I think <laughs> to avoid that, they probably didn't put it on Marty Scroll so that the whole Crockett Cup thingy that's going to happen, you know, because it, it it was supposed to be a title for title match. At the yeah, but, but isn't it, did, did the Marty, uh, Nick, all this match happen yet? Or is that no, later? It happens in two weeks? That happens. Okay. Okay. But it was supposed to be title for title. Mm, but they didn't. Yeah. So they Marty, wouldn't wait. They didn't put the belt on Marty, which everyone mm. thought was going to happen. They put it on Matt Taven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was a good we'll match. See. It was a good match. I'm not going to say it wasn't a bad, it was a bad match. Um, I think, <laughs> they take too many unnecessary bumps. Yeah. That match just too many unnecessary bumps. Well, I saw the one thing I do remember is that last bump that Jay Lethal took on the ladder. That with yeah. Uh, oh my God, that was bad. that was that was that when was... I said I think it's the excessive. The bump. Yeah, that was rough. That was a rough bump right there. <laughs> but remember, Matt Taven almost killed himself in the last ring yes. of honor pay per view. So final battle. I guess, I guess this is uh. <laughs> so I guess this is uh this is the comeuppance. I'm gonna throw Jay Lethal off the ladder this time. So. But yeah, main event, Madison Square Garden, Kazuchika Okada, the Rainmaker himself, defeats Jay White to to become once again the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. I think this was the way to go because Jay White, for me, he he does nothing for me. Now I don't know about you, but Jay White, he's young. You know, I remember him when he was a rookie. He was going back and forth between Ring of Honor and and uh, and New Japan training and stuff like that. But they shotted that kid up super quick. Super quick. I, I I didn't think he was that good, but uh, you know, he goes down in history as an IWGP champion. So I guess you know, his career will just go keep going up. But I think it was the right call putting putting it back on Okada. I, I I agree. I agree. And you know what was crazy was that I think Okada was surprised of how huge a pop he received when he came in, and how people just kept on cheering for him. He had yeah. to you know stand and sit, take a step back and. And absorb it, and he his face was like he was like wow. Well, I'll like, tell you this, man. It. This is I think this is the first time that the 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 wrestlers from New Japan, the Japanese wrestlers in particular, this is the first time they're in a market like New York during Mania weekend. Mania weekend, you get all the crazies, all the the actual diehards that come from other countries that come from everywhere just to see wrestling. It doesn't matter where where it is. And oh, you're right. These are these you're are right. all the it fans. Doesn't matter where it is. Yeah, it don't matter where they go to see wrestling. They're just going to see wrestling, and they're gonna bug out. You know what I mean? And they're gonna show their love for these dudes that they can never see live unless they go like to Manhattan Center or or Brooklyn or wherever they wherever they decide to go. Some rinky dink show. This is Madison Square Garden. This is where Bruno wrestled. This is where Backlund wrestled. This is where Hogan got famous. You know what I mean? Madison Square Garden is holy ground when it comes to pro wrestling, and this is the first time New Japan 
This is the first time Muda was in Madison Square Garden. That's how crazy this was. So for all these guys to come out and receive those pops, it was probably, like you said, shocking to them. But it's the first time they get a pop like that because it's Mania Weekend. That's what it does, man. It brings out the crazies. It's going to make them <laughs> expand into uh, America. Yeah. Um, even more. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was the G1. Really good show. I'd say between the G1 and NXT, I say between both those shows, I think Mania was number 3 on the totem pole. I don't know about you. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> and now we got we have to talk about NXT because yeah. let me tell you, if there was a rating scale of all the all the top ones, see I still haven't seen Battle Riot 2. So I Yeah, I got I got to check I got to check that out also. I haven't seen it yet. But I would say, if I had to categorize, even though we know that Impact is dead, the quality of their fights weren't that bad. They were actually pretty good. Yeah. But uh, let's take that out. I'm going to go with NXT being the top one, and yes. the G1 Supercard second, Mania third. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, when we get into Mania in a little bit, I didn't think Mania was that bad, but it wasn't as good as NXT or the G1. NXT was I was impressed. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All and the thing is, matches. Yeah, everything. And the thing is, Gargano and Cole in particular. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Dave Meltzer guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not big on thumping the word of Dave Meltzer. But Gargano and Cole is the first match in history, I think, that Dave Meltzer gave five and a half stars for. Uh, I think his, a, his rating system is. We already discussed. Yeah, how his rating system is. is rough, which is why I'm like, uh, he don't take know. into account the crowd. He just he, yeah. he just wants like, oh, <laughs> this is what I like. Kenny Omega gets six stars just because he's Kenny Omega. Exactly. I, exactly. I'm just like, yeah. and and you know, for me, and I think it was an awesome match with um, Adam Cole and Gargano, but I don't even think that was the best match. Probably Walter and Pete Dunn was freaking insane. Um. <laughs> I think that was my least favorite match. The the, really? um, the Gargano and the um, the Adam Cole match. And it was good. Really? And that was my least favorite match. That's how it tells you, well, well, okay. It, it, was, it was better than the women's title match. Well, but that was the, obviously the, the women's title match for me is last on the totem pole. Yes, because it was last. It lacked. It was the one, <laughs> the one lacking match. In, I was, actually I was got like, bored after a while, not for nothing. And not just, and you know, I love Kyrie Sane. I love Io Shirai. I like Bianca and, and I like Shayna, but it didn't mesh well, the four of them. It did not. It, 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 was, was, just, it, was, it was horrible. It was, it, yeah. just, it was sloppy. It was just like, I don't, we'll go into Mania later, but it was like the women's matches in, in Mania. It was just yeah, sloppy. It and was, it, it and was, everything. It was, it was just, but it didn't Apple hold up. Oh, Gargano was awesome. But it was last for me. <laughs> I have well, to we're, say. We're, well, we're going to. Let, let's get into it real quick. The first match to open the freaking card was awesome. Was awesome, bro. I, and I was like, <laughs> how is this? How are they going to top this? Yo, the War and Raiders. The let, dream. <laughs> oh, my God. That was sick, too. The War Raiders defeated, obviously, Aleister Black and Ricochet. There was going to be their last NXT match. So the War Raiders defended their tag team titles, defeating Aleister Black and Ricochet. Yo, man, it, it, just by looking at this, kayfabe-wise, who can stop the War Raiders in NXT? For me, nobody. Yeah. You, 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 have, <laughs> you have these 
300 pound men doing flips like ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy. And and I don't know if you noticed, know but I've noticed Ricochet's getting more technical. He's adapting yeah, he an is. AJ Styles style. Yeah, he has to. Because that's who he's becoming. Like I've told you a long time ago, to me, AJ's the top, the top wrestler. Everyone's like, can you make it? Can you make it? No, AJ's the top guy. And until Kenny Omega, since he had his chance, unless AEW blows up, Ricochet is in line to take over next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I agree. The Warriors. Wow. What <laughs> Just they wow. did was they did what Ricochet does with 100 pounds more. Unreal. And they were just flipping, going on top of each other, flipping over the over the freaking <laughs> ropes, going through the ropes, and just killing freaking uh, what's oh, Alistair uh, Black they, into the yeah. freaking. Oh man, I was like, this is crazy. The yeah. moves they were pulling were awesome. I'll tell you this, man, Hanson and Rowe. I mean, you know, I I like them in Ring of Honor, but I think they're even better now. Like, there's something about them now for me that is just like. It, they, they're just good. They're just really good. For me, the turning point with them was when they were War Machine and they fought uh, SCU. Oh, yeah, that was good, too. Right before they left um, Ring of Honor that they fought SCU, that feud made them a better team. Yeah, yeah. That's but you, 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 gotta, you gotta think, working with Daniels and Kazarian, and even Scorpio, because Scorpio's guy's been around for a while, but um, you figure working with Kaz and and... and and Daniels, you, you would you're definitely gonna learn something else, like something extra. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, those dudes are good, man. And, and it's just shame because it's almost like you're gonna go to the main roster. It's almost a demotion going <laughs> going to the main roster. And you know, War Machine, well, War Raiders, they're gonna get there eventually. And hopefully, they don't end up like Authors of Pain. That's all I got to say about that. Um, I, I, I'm really disappointed in the tag team in WWE. It's just yeah, it's rough. It is. They they need to do something. And and I saw um, that NXT is just bringing up more teams. They're bringing out more teams. And, and, yes. and it's like in the classic A style tag team, you have them dressed together the same way, and they're yes. really putting good performances. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what they had with Heavy Machinery. Also, that that's a classic. And now they're a joke on Raw already. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just sad. <laughs> So but that was that was my favorite match until until I Velveteen saw. Dream and Matt Riddle. Oh my that god, was... that was such a good match. <laughs> For me, besides Cole and Gargano, I, I'm throwing it out there right now. Dream and Riddle was probably the best match of the damn weekend. I'm just yeah. throwing that out there. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Like, great storytelling. Contrast of styles. You got the you got the the grappler slash brawler because Matt Riddle's a brawler too, against this this oh this over the top character. You know what I mean? And Velveteen Dream, who's an up and comer and is the cocky, arrogant champion. And Matt Riddle's undefeated, and they're going at it, boom boom. And Matt Riddle is kicking his ass all match long <laughs> because it. You know what made Ric Flair great? He got his ass kicked and sold. The bumps. The bumps, yep. Mm-hmm. He sold and sold and made his opponent look so good. And then all of a sudden, he slipped he, and he catches took him. the win. And he that's what him. the Velveteen Dream did. But yeah. he did it in a more modern way. And yeah. it was so good that I said, you know what? I think this guy should be a WWE champion. He will. I would he put will. him as the face. It's, it's, it, you know, it, it, he is 
like championship and you keep him as a heel championship material you put the title on him the problem is the people are gonna love him well then you gotta make him like a face like a uh, like a, like a who's the, who, yeah who's the, the first one was uh ricky the dragon steamboat at wrestlemania 3 where he was the first tweener that was like yeah he's not nah, he's a good guy but he's bad yeah <laughs> you know and that's what they might have to do with Velveteen Dream. He yeah, can't man. do it like Steve Austin. Steve Austin was the he was just pure bad. It's just that we love the aren't the anarchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he became whatever. And then you had the double turn on what I think was the greatest WrestleMania match, WrestleMania uh, thirteen with oh, Bret Hart and uh, Steve Brett. Austin. Yeah, yeah, that was a good match. Yep. And 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 so you can't put Velveteen Dream like that. So you have to put him more as if. A little bit more edgier than Ricky Steamboat, almost Steve Austin. You have to put him in between them, so he's gonna be a new type of character. Yeah. So yeah, man, un un unbelievable match. I would love to see them fight again, but uh, we'll see. Um, up next is probably the most violent match of the night. <laughs> that was my second favorite match of the weekend for the UK Championship. Walter defeating Pete Dunne, ending Pete Dunne's uh, pretty much legendary run with that belt. And uh, Actually, like I said. Violent match. My second favorite match of NXT. I want to correct that because you still haven't seen Zack Zaver Jr.'s match. Yeah, I got to check that out. Yeah, I got to check that. (laughs) And and you still haven't seen Abushi's match. When you check those out, then tell me how you uh, re-rate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, man, this was Walter's obviously big uh, coming out party in terms of WWE. uh, Not pay-per-views because it's the network, but uh, network specials and... um, it was Mania weekend. This is the first time a lot of casual fans are seeing Walter. Um, what, what are you, what are your thoughts on the match in general? I thought it was awesome. I the, I only have one gripe with the whole match, and it's not even a it wasn't even the match because I thought the match was awesome. And and I thought and I love how Pete Dunne they didn't um, denigrate his character. Yeah. In in defeat, he looks stronger. Actually, he still look he still looked good. Yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. He, he, and and Walter just looked as if uh, like a big dude. Steam better than better than Lars Sullivan. Better. Oh, he's back, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, but but we'll remember Lars when he was in NXT. Oh, I'm a monster. I'm a monster. But Walter's just a monster, but a different breed. Like and and he Pete Dunne took him to another level. Yeah. But the only gripe I had. And, and and it's not a gripe that I have. It's just, uh, it's his character's kind of edgy. It's Austrian Hungarian. You're going yeah. back to World War One, World War Two. You know what I mean? It's kind of edgy. And he's That's so the agile. Only... He's a big. You would you wouldn't think he's an athlete. Like the way his body looks. Like oh. he's just he's tall. He's kind of fat, but he's also. You know who he reminds me of, as far as MMA wise, he reminds me of Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah, Fedor is not cut up; he's just naturally a strong, brute, big bastard. You know what I mean? Just, na- just you know a natural. I thought you were going to say, gonna say he's a taller version of Samoa Joe. <laughs> well, I mean, because but Cause the thing he's is, more stretched out the limbs. <laughs> Samoa, but for me, Samoa Joe is more per. Has way more personality. Walter is just like there. Like, uh, like, can he speak English? Do we do we know if he can speak English? I don't know, English? but his hand slaps when he slaps the chest. <laughs> the chops he gives. 
I was like, oh my God, don't kill Pete. Oh man. And the thing but is, I've Pete seen Dunn... him do it to other people and look like he's killing them. Pete but Dunn's he was, not a big Pete guy either. Taking but... him. Yeah, man. The dude hits hard, man. And Pete, and all you hear were those finger snaps. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's breaking his hand. Even though I don't know where where they're generating the sound from, but it's Dunn, Pete Dunn, the Pete Dunn character is a violent dude, man. It was a good match. Good old school booking, good storytelling. You know, it was just a great match overall. Uh, Well, the the women's title match, we already went into that. Shayna Baszler retained. And for all you people that want some spoilers or not, don't listen to this part, but... uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Shayna Baszler does get a rematch with Kyrie Sane, and the stipulation is if she beats Kyrie Sane, she never gets a shot at the NXT Women's Championship again. So uh, Shayna wins that match. No, actually, Shayna loses, but by DQ. So uh, Kyrie Sane is officially done with NXT, and she will probably be showing up at the Superstar Shakeup this week. Um, then, obviously, main event, two out of three falls, NXT Championship. Johnny Gargano becomes the first ever NXT Triple Crown Champion as he defeats Adam Cole in an amazing main event. Um, obviously, we we spoke a little bit on it. Um, I think uh, Johnny Gargano got the first fall, Adam Cole got the second, and then Johnny Wrestling finishes it out. With the ending being him and, and his wife, Candice LeRae, is, is celebrating. And then all of a sudden... Tommaso Ciampa comes out, and everybody's like, what the? Obviously, he just had surgery. He's going to be out for at least a year, and he gives Johnny Gargano a hug and celebrates on stage as DIY closes out the show. How did you feel about that ending? Um, The ending, that's what I was like, eh. eh yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I would have preferred... I don't know. I think I think I would have preferred Adam Cole to win the title. Me too. And and let Gargano almost like a Tommy Dreamer versus Raven situation that Tommy Dreamer couldn't get it, so he finally won it. I think you could have pushed it. Gar- Gargano just keeps doing it. Just to hear um, uh, what's his face, the announcer. He's such More a great vanilla. announcer. And just to hear him say, he just keeps trying, but he keeps failing. Could Johnny finally pull through? Maybe mid-year, maybe the end of the year. Yeah. Then I would have given him a title. And the thing is, it's almost unrealistic because you've seen Johnny Gargano go through all those battles with Ciampa and uh, among other guys and not being able to get the job done. But on his own, he pretty much beats the whole Undisputed Era. It doesn't, it, it looks, it looks, ugh. It, it made the Undisputed Era look, look weak. It doesn't look good at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. But you know what? I, you know, and 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 it was a great match. I'm I'm not gonna take that away. I still think his match with Andrade was his best oh, match. Oh, that was a great match. Yeah. You know that was that was probably the match of the, that was last year, right? That to me was one of the matches of the year. Wait, you mean Mr. Charlotte Flair? That Andrade? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, good. Hey, listen, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but good for him. <laughs> If he could end up uh, getting into that family, you know, <laughs> he'll be brother-in-law with a uh, freaking, uh, what's that fat dude's uh, name yeah, that has Thompson. all the podcasts? Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson. <laughs> That'll be an interesting family A-W photo. Rumpkins. That's what you'll hear. <laughs> Can you imagine the the Christmas family photo of that? You have Conrad Thompson with Megan Flair, and then you have Andrade with Charlotte, and then Rick with his wife. <laughs> 
that'll be interesting. So that was NXT, and right into it, it is WrestleMania with their 19 matches that they had on the freaking card. We're just going to stroll right through them real quick. Um, obviously, let's, they had a couple of pre-show matches. Uh, Ryder and Hawkins defeat the Revival for the what the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, they gave Zack Ryder another moment in uh, another WrestleMania moment. What do you think about that? <laughs> if they were gonna give him the title the next day, okay. But I, I, it, it just shows you how much they just don't give a damn about that tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling is a marketable. Um, it's just it's it's still alive, and they WWE wants to kill it. It's not that it's dying. WWE wants to kill it. I don't understand why. Because yeah. it's alive in NXT, but it's dead on the main rosters. Yeah, you got to think of all the tag teams that have come up from NXT and just been relegated to nothing on the main roster. Their first big tag team was what? The Ascension back in the day? They came to the main roster, complete garbage. Joke. Yeah. The Revival, they finally gave them the belt, but after what? A full year of mediocrity pretty much nothing and you know i mean i can't even name another real big tag team that has come up from nxt to be honest with you oh the authors of pain the authors of pain the their first night that they came out with freaking uh uh paul ellering yeah and then paul they ellering, just separated then they got rid of him i was like what because it's something that supposedly vince man doesn't want um an old school male, guy like male that. managers. It, it's just so stupid. It, it, you don't want it, but yet um, Brock Lesnar has a uh, poly, poly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and then you put them with Drake Maverick, huh? What? How did? How does? I don't know. That was. And gosh. now Drake Maverick is with um, EC3. EC3, now. yeah, because EC3 is dying out there. That's why. Um, <laughs> the other matches on the pre-show, we had Tony Nese defeating Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. It was a decent match. Nothing not yeah, to sneak at. Yeah. It was eh. Yeah, exactly. Like you, like you said. Um, Carmella won the women's battle royal. I'm sure that was your favorite part of the night, that right? That was garbage. I said, <laughs> give me more. Like, what, what? I'm like watching. I, I turned on it because I had to rewatch um, the niece, Buddy Murphy uh, match. Because yeah. when I turned it on, I, I got Carmella in the, in the battle royal. And, <laughs> and they just squashed um, Asuka. Oh, who, yeah. They, they got it, her out of know, there. You know, it's not that, uh, you know, I, I just don't like the quality of a lot of the women's matches. But one of the best matches I've seen, uh, whether it's a man versus a man or woman versus a woman, was Asuka against Bailey in NXT. Yeah, that was good. That and, was really and, good. and it was impressed. I was impressed. I was like, that's that's one of the top matches I've seen. And I didn't care if it was a the gender or whatever. But now you squashing Asuka. I'm like, oh, great. You know? <laughs> And, and it goes and, back to a couple of episodes before when we had this discussion. I said, you can't build a women's division with two fighters, or, you know, or three, yeah. maybe. And, yeah. and, and, and that's what, if you, if you think back when um, Medusa Maselli was, was uh, whatever name she had in WWE, she used to fight Boone Agano and somebody else. Oh, and Alundra, that was like Alundra every Blaze, show for like yeah. two, three years. That's yeah, that was, pretty much what they're doing. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, that, the women's division in the early 90s was really bad. <laughs> Yeah, and I remember back then being young and still saying, okay, I want to watch this. I want to give it a chance. And then saying, damn. And that's how I feel about it, too. I'm like, damn, okay. And they, and they have so many women. Like, 
like for me, I, when I made my predictions, I, I predicted Mandy Rose because I was like, you know, she's she's up and coming. They've been, they've been pushing her a little bit. She's a fresh face. You know, give give someone like you said, someone who's not, you know, Carmella, someone who's not even Oscar. Because I was like, they 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 already buried her. I wasn't expecting her to win because that'll be too easy. You know what I mean? Um, so I was like, oh, Mandy Rose, and then uh, my my friend Dan, he went with Sonya Deville and somebody else. I think my boy Vince, he he went for Carmella. He actually picked the right one, um, but uh, but you know they gave it to the Jersey girl who she keeps saying she's from New York. But no, I heard, actually she's from Boston, I think. <laughs> but uh, whatever the case, um, the next one was I bet one of your other favorite battle royals, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. I hated it. I probably which was one by your, your boy Braun Strowman. <laughs> I hated this match more than any match on the card. Let me look. I'm looking at the card right now. <laughs> next, oh, to, next to another match that we'll talk about later, this is probably <laughs> the worst match for me. The last two guys was Braun Strowman and Colin Jost of Saturday Night Live, who they actually gave some offense to. <laughs> First of all, Oh, I don't know shit. if you saw the uh, video. Oh, no, you did see the video I sent you where um, I showed you that they came out, I think, a couple of days before that. Uh, that Friday, they came out on The Tonight Show with, um, with uh, what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Yes. Yes. I and I told you, and I've been preaching about Drew McIntyre should be the universal champion. Okay? Yes. And he's there with Drew McIntyre. And they're right next to Jimmy Fallon. And Drew McIntyre makes Braun Strowman look small. Not only is he taller, he's bigger and even more muscular. I'm like, you're selling me this Braun Strowman invincible character when you have Drew McIntyre, who you can really put over on Braun Strowman and make him a real champion. You have Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. You know, I, no, no disrespect to Kofi, but Bobby Lashley should have been a WWE champion way a long time ago. Years ago, yeah. You know, and I'm, oh, I'm, and, and I'm a, and I'm a get into Kofi Kingston in a little yeah, bit, but yeah, know, go ahead. We'll get into that. <laughs> but it's just like Braun Strowman just goes in. I thought it was just a disrespect to all the wrestlers that were in there. You had Bobby Bobby Roode in there. You had um, you had EC3, but they haven't done anything with him. You had um. Big you got to get Bobby Roode away from Chad Gable. I'm just letting, I'm just saying yeah, that right now. Yeah, they need to separate that team. They do. But you have freaking... um. Yeah, the good um, brothers in there. You had a whole bunch of yeah, dudes. Yeah, like, and he's tall, wow. and he just gets basically herbed by freaking Braun Strowman and pushed <laughs> over the top. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. You just keep on... You, you're making... And, and this, is, this is what I want to understand, okay? And, and fans... WWE fans and, and the smart uh, wrestling fans are always like, oh, we hate you, Roman Reigns. We hate you, Roman Reigns. They're not saying that now because, you know, the cancer thing. Oh, yeah. boo. They boo him for eight minutes. They tell him how much you're an asshole. He doesn't say anything for eight minutes. Just boo him. Oh, because Vince McMahon's trying to feed him to us. No, Vince McMahon's trying to feed you Braun Strowman and you're buying into it. Yeah. That's who they're selling. Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman. And, and yet no one boos him. Because it's trendy to boo Roman Reigns, who actually has more talent than Braun Strowman, than it is to boo Braun Strowman. And you'd be surprised. There were some people at Mania that were still booing Roman Reigns in that match he had with McIntyre. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he still has... It's still really fresh, so he's going to have the sympathy. 
but um, I, I can differentiate the Roman Reigns character from the guy. And the reason and, and, and WWE is trying real hard to blur that line because they keep saying Roman Reigns survived cancer. Now, if you want to be a legit wrestling fan and go by storyline, Roman Reigns, the character, didn't survive cancer. Joe Anuahi survived cancer. Roman exactly. Reigns, the character, is still the same guy who before Braun that they were shoving down everybody's throats for the past, you know, six, seven years or whatever the case. He's still the guy that they gave that John Cena push to that everybody hated and was sick of and all this other stuff. However, you know, I can differentiate the two people. I could, it's the same guy, but I could differentiate the character from the real guy. I'm not a fan of Roman Reigns. I'm glad Joe Anawahi survived his cancer and is in remission. However, I'm still not a fan of Roman Reigns. However, I can say I agree Roman Reigns does have a lot of talent in ring-wise compared to someone like Braun Strowman, who's just a big green brute. You know what I mean? Yes. But <clears throat> I agree, man. I, am and, I a and, fan and, of Braun? And, I like Braun. I don't dislike Braun. Roman but, Reigns has you know, no mic skills. I get it. No, he's terrible. But he has skill on the ring. But yeah, Braun Strowman is just these, these hands. I'm a big brute. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, please stop. He's the <laughs> like, for for me. He's he's the warlord. That that's what that's yes. what he is. <laughs> that's pretty much. I I just I really wanted to see Drew McIntyre just take him out. That's what I when when they were going with that storyline. I was loving. I was like, this is what you need to do. Drew McIntyre is believable. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Can take a loss to a Finn Balor and still survive, yeah, and beat the crap out of a Braun Strowman, you know. And it just they squashed everybody just to show Braun Strowman against Colin Joyce. I hated this match. Like, yeah, that was that was rough. This was I'm looking at this and one other match. This was the one I hated the most. It was yeah, just it like was... it's so horrible. And then you're gonna have two comedians in the ring. Two comedians. Yeah. You're truly was... disrespecting the art of professional wrestling. I get the whole thing about the. The, the the celebrity factor in WrestleMania, but God, yeah, everybody gets eliminated except these two. Yeah, and, and you know, this wasn't Muhammad Ali being a referee. You know, what I mean, this wasn't you know Liberace dancing before a match, or this wasn't you know Cindy Lauper being in the corner of Wendy Richter again. You know, for the women's championship. You know, what I mean, this was two guys in the ring. You know. Doing this crap, obviously, you know, obviously these two guys are fans. Let, let everybody could pump the brakes on, you know. Oh, you know, these guys, you know, probably just hate wrestling. They they wouldn't be there if they no, hated no. it. They're fans. They're they're definitely fans. And it was probably a dream come true for those two clowns to be in there, you know. So good for them that they got to live their dream. But it looked terrible. It looked bad. It's like it's like the G One Summit when that rapper came out and and Bully Rage. Oh, that was great. That was great. <laughs> The, the crowd popped for that. You know what I mean? That that was amazing. You know what yeah. I mean? And like the thing is, it's it, it was my dream growing up to be in WWE. However, I've never been trained, and if I go in there now, I'm gonna look like shit. So you know what? It's the same thing with these celebrities that they're fans. They just want to be a part of it, but you know, it looks like garbage when they get in there. So you know, like 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 you said, it was definitely the weakest, you know, weakest match of the night. But for sure, no doubt about it. Now, the opening match now, 
no one act no no one actually saw this happening in the open but uh <laughs> first off alexa bliss is announced <clears throat> as the obviously she's the host of wrestlemania she comes out and she goes i have all of you guys in the palm of my hand and if i want a wrestlemania moment all i gotta do is snap my finger and she was like you don't believe me she snapped her finger and hulk hogan pops out um Hulk Hogan comes out, you know, big reaction because obviously, you know, it's Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania and we're in the tri-state area. So it's a big deal. He comes out. He does his stick. He he poses with Alexa Bliss. Then Paul Heyman pops out. Now, at that point, I'm I'm barbecuing in my I'm in Florida. So <laughs> so I'm barbecuing in, in my yard while sticking my head in and out. And I'm like, what the hell is Paul Heyman doing? And in that moment. I just stop cooking immediately for that few couple minutes and I run back into my living room because I'm like, oh, man, this match is going to be on first. Oh, man. <laughs> so I get in and he's like, well, if Brock Lesnar's not going to main event, we're going to do this right now. And I was like, wow. And he was like, you know, Brock Lesnar is after this is on going to be on his way to Las Vegas where they really appreciate him, which means obviously he's mentioning the UFC. Um Lesnar comes out with the belt, then Rollins comes out, and before they can even announce anything, Brock attacks him, beats his ass down for the the first, what, like two or three minutes, F5s him on the outside, German suplex, he was just dogging him, then he throws him in the ring. It was like a good five minutes, maybe even ten. Yeah, of of a beatdown, just beating him down. And then he throws him in the ring, the match starts, two minutes later, Seth Rollins is the universal champion. (laughs) You know what's funny? The WWE, it goes back to it. They wasted an opportunity here. I get the whole thing because I, I've been looking at the regs and look uh, uh, on the um, uh, on YouTube and stuff and seen some interviews. And they said that Brock was really angry about not being like he came in wanting to be the main event. Um, I think it should have been the main event, but I think they should have went out of their way and got DC. And if you really wanted to see a pop you know, Daniel Cormier just coming out, interfering in the match, letting Seth Rollins win the title, setting it up that they have heat going into the real UFC fight. I, I think WWE just dropped the ball there. Well, that was a real WrestleMania Well, that's, that's an intriguing thing because apparently news has come out the past day or so that Dana White popped up saying that fight might not even happen, which I don't know if he's playing with people because, you know, it's Dana White. You know, he's a promoter. He likes to stir shit up. Now, any fight with Brock Lesnar on it is a huge payday. Do you think maybe they waited too long? DC already has a rematch, I think, with Steve Miocic coming up. Um, DC already said he wants to retire soon. If Let's just say by some craziness, let's say DC gets knocked out by Steve Miocic. I'd say that Brock fight is definitely off the table after that. Yeah, it's off after that. I would say Brock probably gets a title shot against Miocic at that point. Um, and if Brock wins, I think the fight that the UFC really wants is probably Brock and Jones. Yeah, I, I think so too. And there's a lot of money to be made there. And I laugh when I read comments of the fanboys. Oh, no one wants Brock because Brock can't Brock can't bring in people. He can't. Are you serious? Have you seen his pay-per-view uh, hits for UFC? Have you seen what he does? Even the, they may not disclose the pay-per-view numbers for, for WWE, but it's it translates over when they 
he fights in UFC, how he brings in pay-per-view numbers and comes out to WWE music. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So they're like, uh, he doesn't belong there. He he can't bring in the numbers. He's not a huge draw. I'm like, are you insane? Brock Lesnar's uh, no. Besides, you know? besides McGregor and Rousey, um, Brock Lesnar is the biggest draw in UFC history, and he only has seven fights in his whole career. <laughs> He's, I would but, I would argue to say that he's a bigger draw than Rousey. I think so too. He definitely is. You know, you know, is, he I definitely. The numbers, is. I, I think, think the McGregor McGregor's numbers is a little bit higher because you know he's he yeah. turned himself into a big superstar. But but before that, it Lesnar had the record UFC 100, and before and even beyond that, he his fights bring in a ton of money for the UFC. You know, he's the guy that saved UFC 200, and that's that he still got popped for for yeah. some sort of steroid, the same one that John Jones had. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, Lesnar brings in money. Here's the crazy part about that UFC 200 when he fought Mark Hunt. He had the same stuff in him that Jones had. They didn't let Jones fight. They let Lesnar fight. What does that tell you? Yeah, but Jones is back already. All they no, I know that. They just moved. They just moved the venue from Vegas to California. No, no, no. I'm talking about the the the, the 200 card when oh, Brock fought Mark card, Hunt. But yeah, yeah. But then after that, now they just they just moved the whole card so that he could fight. John yeah. Hunt. So yeah, it's like you know, it it is interesting, but it shows you that John Jones is a huge draw now. So now, yeah. you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna lose out on that as well. You know? But I think I think in the future I think that's the fight that that Dana Dana White really wants. I think he wants Lesnar, probably as UFC champion, going after uh, defending against John Jones, who the light heavyweight champion coming up. That's the fight right there. That's way bigger. That's way bigger than Brock DC. I'll tell you that much. Especially the fact that John Jones killed DC twice. Um, second match on the card, and I told you this what. Months ago, second yeah. match on the card, AJ Styles and Randy Orton. <laughs> Another awesome match. It was. It was good. It was good. And I liked and I and I made my prediction for AJ Styles to be the winner because if Randy Orton was gonna win, they gave that finish away SmackDown a few days earlier. I mentioned that because AJ Styles went for the form and got hit with an RKO. I was like, that's your finish if if Orton wins the match. But since they gave it away already, I was predicting AJ, and I got it right. That was awesome that he <laughs> went on the rope, and he was it was going to be the ending, and then he just held himself back on the rope, and then yep. hit the phenomenal form. That was actually pretty good. It was a real, really good match. Old-fashioned wrestling storytelling plus modern wrestling. Yeah. Um, that was the main event match. Yeah, that was pretty good. Definitely pretty good. For the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, Fatal 4-Way, the Usos, Defeated the bar, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev, and Alistair Black and Ricochet, who was pulling double duty that weekend. Um, I'll tell you my favorite WrestleMania moment, aside from, of course, the Kofi part, was Ricochet coming out for his entrance and him having to take a step back and absorb that 80-plus thousand people were screaming for him. Yeah. Yeah, people are people like the guy. People uh, admire the talent, and he was just there. He stood back, and I saw an interview. He, you know, he was there. His family was there, and he said, "I had to take a moment." He said, yeah. "I couldn't believe it." 
And you could it, see it. You could see it. If you look at the video, you see him there. He just comes out. He's all in his ricochet gimmick. And then he just stops and he looks around like, Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Ricochet. Ricochet. Yeah, man. That whole crowd that going going along <laughs> with his theme song, one and only, just yelling it out. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, for him, guys like him, Alistair Black, this is the first time they're in front of such a crowd that huge. You know what I mean? And and even a year ago with, with Rousey making her in-ring debut, it don't even the biggest UFC crowd she's fought in front of paled in comparison to that crowd she came out to at WrestleMania last year. Paled in comparison. They had 105 you know I mean? last year or something like that. It was some crazy phenomenon. Some crazy freaking number. Some crazy number last year. Um, but it was but a decent tag team match. It was a good tag team. It was. It was it fun. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't the best, but it was a good match. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was bad at all. It was definitely I good. I think I only liked, what, four matches in this, in this whole thing. <laughs> Maybe five. And this was one of them. And it was Seth. For me, it was Seth Brock. Uh, AJ, the Usos, one of them as well. And there yeah. were like two other matches that I liked. Yeah. So up next, we have uh, the False Count Anywhere match with Shane McMahon and The Miz. I got bored. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know who won. That's how boring uh, it was. I, had to, yeah. I found out when I watched SmackDown. That's, oh, that's it. <laughs> Shane won? Yeah, because they did that one crazy spot at the end with... Uh, they were on top of some scaffolding or something like that, and the Miz gave Shane a suplex off the thing, and they fell like 10, 12 feet down onto some like you know mats or whatever that they made look like you know broke or whatever the case. But the thing is, when they fell, Shane landed on on Miz, and the ref counted three, so that's how that went. Um, the best part about that match was the Miz's you know interesting looking father getting in the ring and putting his dukes up against Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure the next match was probably your favorite. Um, the Iconics won, well. won the <laughs> won the raw women's tag team. Well, this is the, the one that the has Bailey and Sasha team. crying. <laughs> <laughs> they beat Sasha Banks and Bailey, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and Nia Jax and Tamina Snuka. Now, news just came out today that Nia Jax tore both ACLs in her legs, so she's gonna be out for about a year. Wow. Um <clears throat> so that's rough. Um, she said she's been, you know, working through her injuries for at least a few months now. But uh, I guess she wanted just that mania match in the books before she uh, goes down for surgery. Um, so the Iconics stole the win. And <laughs> now they're the women's tag team champions, which now and we could just get into it really quick. Obviously, we brought it up already, but news has come out. Sasha Banks apparently is. Very, very upset with her position in WWE and has, I don't know if she officially did, but uh, word has gone around that she wanted to ask for her release. What do you think about that? Well, people like the fact that there is competition coming with a billionaire that is worth two times, more than two times Vince McMahon's net worth. Um, Vince McMahon, yes, he may quote unquote own a football team, but because Vince McMahon can't own an NFL team, this guy has an NFL team, and he has a famous uh, soccer, uh, global football team. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, Khan has created a situation where fight where wrestlers. I was gonna say fighters where wrestlers 
are now saying, screw it, I want my release. I, you know, I have to go somewhere else. But you know Vince ain't going to let her go. You know that. No, he's not going <laughs> to let her go. He didn't let the Revival go. Yeah. I was dying to see the Revival go because I know where they're going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they would have left, we would have seen them and the Young Bucks right away. <laughs> no, they would have waited to um, to the um, the AEW pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the Lucha Brothers, it would have been the revival against the Young Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. That's been brewing for years already. <laughs> that yeah. has been brewing for a while. But yeah, man, uh, I can't imagine Sasha Banks going to one of those. <clears throat> going to one of those promotions out there. I, I don't know. That'll just be weird looking. Um, then up next, the match. The match they that made history. Too. That's another <laughs> one they blew. They, they That was a main event match. That should have closed out WrestleMania. It should they wanted, have. They wanted so badly to fit a narrative of what they put into the main event, and they're disappointed. And I knew it was going to disappoint. I'm not shocked. But you had a classic storyline, a classic situation. You had good versus evil. Yep. You had wrestling at its finest. You had a telling a story. You had a build-up to the story. You had good versus evil, and you had people invested. When you have 80-plus thousand people, the locker room and all the fans at home going, losing it for, for you to win, just pulling because everyone's at the edge of the seat thinking, are they going to put the title on Kofi? There's no guarantee. Yeah. One of my friends said to me, oh, yeah, it was obvious. I knew Kofi was going to win. I said, how do you, how, no, how do you think no. that? There was no guarantee. That, that was the lure of it behind the Listen, story. Man, like, mm, I, they might I, I called. I, I, I said Kofi will win. I did say that. But in the back of my brain, I always had that kind of ace in the hole, which was Big E. I always thought Big E would turn on him. I think it's going to happen. But, I mean, news came out also that he he's injured too, and he's going to be out for a little while, which kind of throws those plans out the window. Now, obviously, for me, this was the match of the night yes. for me. Um, obviously, it was a great match. Like you said, the storytelling was unreal. The, the it, had, it had its happy ending. You know, we got who we, you know, who everyone was hoping for. You know, I... I I like Kofi Kingston. I do. I don't know if you saw the camera, which is so steady. It rumbled a little bit when he won. Yeah, probably the camera, the camera guy was from bugging the top out. Of the yeah. stadium <laughs> that showed with the fireworks, it rumbled. Yeah. It, it, it was, and, and, and you're going to have fireworks in the middle of the show when you have like six, seven more matches to go. Yeah. You, you really should have left that for last. But they, they put one agenda over another. That's what it was. Yeah. And and it, it was just it was a great match. I was shocked that he won it with the uh, Trouble in Paradise. I thought he was gonna hit SOS or something else. Yeah, you know, but he got it, man. And, and big ups to Daniel Bryan because he get he put on a great match and he put the guy over. You know, I'm sure you know him and Kofi are good friends outside of the outside of the ring. You know what I mean? So I'm sure that was just a great moment for all of those guys to be a part of Eric Rowan. The new day, you know. What I mean, I'm sure it was just a great, great thing to be a part of. And yeah. my only issue, and my issue's not with Kofi Kingston. Believe me, my issue's not with Kofi Kingston. It is the fans that I have an issue with. 
I have an issue with WWE, the way they're doing things, because all of a sudden now they're comparing Kofi Kingston to the all-time greats. And I'm like, hold on, you got to pump the brakes on that one because there's a picture floating around and it's on Facebook. When I get it, I'll I'll send it. I'll I'll tag you. Um, It's a picture of Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels, Steve Austin, Bret Hart. I think one other guy. And Kofi Kingston with all their WWE championships. And it says, welcome to the club. Now, when I first saw that, I said, hold on a second. This dude has had the belt for a week. A week. Not even because, well, almost. He had the belt for a week. And we're comparing him to the all-time greats. Listen, man, if you're going to do a picture like that, you might as well have thrown Jinder Mahal in that picture. Okay? I was like... I was like, let's see what type of title reign this guy has before we start comparing him to all the all-time greats. Because I guarantee you, I'll tell you this right now. When I look back, being a wrestling fan for 30-plus years, and I think of all the WWE champions that I were my favorite and all that shit growing up, I think of Hogan. I think of Savage. I think of Brett. I think of Austin. I think of The Rock, who wasn't in that picture. I think of, you know, all these dudes. When I think of all those names, I think of Mount Rushmore type guys, Ric Flair, Undertaker, all these guys. When I think of all those guys, I don't think of Kofi Kingston. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I could I could see in that picture, I could see Booker T, but they never gave him the WWE title. Another no, guy. They gave him the Bobby WCW Lashley. belt. Yeah. Mm hmm. Bobby the same way they gave better. they gave Mark Henry the WCW belt as well. That's why Kofi Kingston will go down as the first full, you know, African American heavyweight champion. You know, Ron Simmons was technically the first, but he was a WCW champion. So that negates everything. Yeah, I mean, so And you know what? Someone brought a point. I, I was seeing something and they said, you know what, this is where WWE got it wrong. And I don't want to be I'm a social justice warrior or anything like that, because I'm far from it. Yeah. But they, he was saying, this is where the Southern company, WCW, he said just like that, got <laughs> it right. They were ahead of the time, and they just sold yeah. the NWA. They didn't care. They just gave it a black guy. And those were Southern-based, corpor- uh, uh, Southern I'm going to say corporations, but big promotions. And yet you got WWE, and now is that you give the WWE title to, and you give it to, like, like... You could have gave it a biggie. I guess you think he's nerdy or something like that. I don't know. But definitely should have gave it a Bobby Lashley. They had a great opportunity. Bobby Lashley versus Lesnar could have been a main event for WrestleMania. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, honestly, honestly, I think if Lashley in his first run before he left to go to like TNA and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I think if Lashley would have stuck around, he probably would have got the belt in that era of John Cena and Edge and you know, when they really didn't give the belt to anybody else. You know what I mean? I think that was probably his best time to if he was going to get know, that belt. I don't know, because they gave him the ECW title, and it, it, yeah. that was like a warm-up for like, oh. It was a warm-up to see how the crowd would react and all and that And the stuff. crowd reacted well, because he got good media push on the billionaire's battle. Yeah. He had all of that. But it, it just goes to show you, it's just like when, when John Morrison won the freaking uh, ECW title, and then he had a great match with CM Punk. Yeah, but yet yeah. I'm surprised they ended up, you know, acquiescing to CM Punk and giving him the title, which he did great. But they were reluctant to do that, you know. So 
It's it just and CM Punk made an asinine comment too because they asked him about his reaction because he's good friends with Kofi Kingston, and he was like, "Oh, Kofi should have won that belt ten years ago." That's total bullshit. Okay, first of <laughs> first of all, Kofi Kingston's been around for about twelve years, and ten years ago when he was like wrestling, you know, he, uh, lower mid card and and going for the IC title and all that. Who the hell? At that time, would have thought, oh, Kofi Kingston should be WWE champion. Nobody, so stop you it. You know what? I, I think he exaggerated when he said ten years. If he would have said five years, I would have, I would have probably agreed with him. Because yeah, when well, he, I mean, he even already, then, eh, but no, because he had already established himself. He had great Royal Rumble moments. Yeah, and I was like, mm, I mean, don't get me signed. wrong. I think they should have gave him a shot at it. Absolutely sure, but I never. Never, and I mentioned this uh, a show or two ago. I never, in my time watching WWE, said, "You know what, Kofi Kingston should be world champion." I've never I said agree. that. I agree with you, and I don't I think anybody think else did either. Benjamin, Everybody's bro. living in the moment. If Mah- if Mustafa Ali never got hurt, Kofi Kingston wouldn't even be there right now. You're a hundred percent correct. Hundred. But we're live. But we're living in the moment, and they gave him the moment. And believe me. I'm happy for the dude. I am. I am. I yeah. like Kofi Kingston. But he's a transitional champion. I believe so too. He's not going to be champion in three the months. next three or four months. No way. Three months, I give him. Three and that's months. fine. Jinder Mahal was champion for what three, four, five months. It, he'll always be down as the history books as the first African American champion. That's never going to get taken away from him. But let's yeah. not pretend that Kofi Kingston is going to be. He's remembered not that as an he's, all-time. He's good. Great. He's not great. No, exactly. Give him that. Can't. You know like, who who had a short title run that he should have had a really long and prosperous run and maybe multiple runs was RVD. <laughs> but he got caught oh, with Oh man, but he he got caught with weed and they and they fired him over it. So I mean, eh. Yeah. And but they still brought him back. But I saw an interview and it he the second run he came back he had trouble with Triple H and Triple H kept trying to bury him. That's yeah. why he's not back in WWE. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah, and and you know who also had who never had a long title run, and this is gonna shock people. The Undertaker has never had a long title run. Yeah, never. Yeah, <laughs> he's always had it for a couple months. Now the crazy thing about this card in particular, that was the WWE Championship match, right? There's six matches after that. How insane is that? Because it's a ridiculousness. It's yeah. bad booking. I was saying to you, I was texting to you, it's really bad booking. They yeah. want to go with, with with a formula of let's appease whatever the agenda of the moment is, whatever you see in the media, whatever is news, quote-unquote, newsworthy. Let's, let's get that. Let's get that. And yeah. putting the women's main event is one of those things. You yeah, know? absolutely. It, it's, it's unfortunate because after this match, the show died. Yeah, it did. All the air was taken out of it because everybody got their happy ending, but it's not over. <laughs> it's and like you read a book. Really just spaced out some of these matches yeah. and done them differently. You know, it would have it would have not died. And I tell you this, they did a good thing with the Kofi thing, but then two or three matches later, they did a horrible thing, which totally took whatever air the crowd had left. They deflated it right after that, but. We'll get to that in a second. The next match on the card, U.S. title, was a squash match because Rey Mysterio is injured. Let's get real. Um, Samoa Joe defeats Rey Mysterio in a matter of a minute with the Coquina Clutch. Nothing really to talk about there. I expected Joe to win. I just didn't think it will be that quick. 
Um, I like how they followed up with it on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't I bad. I think that was pretty good. Um, then after that, Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre. Now, in the back of my brain, I knew they were going to give Roman the win because, you know, once again, they're blurring the lines of, you know, this is this is the I guy that survived cancer, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I wanted Drew McIntyre to win this match, and I thought yes. he was going to win this match because they need to push this dude. They need to elevate him. And how more can you elevate someone nowadays than getting a win over Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? But they did what they always do, and they shoved Roman and, Reigns. And, down and that's the problem. If had they let Roman lose to Drew, first of all, Drew would have looked like a monster. And yeah. the next opponent I wouldn't let Drew kill is Drew is Braun Strowman because I I, I want to see him just squash Braun Strowman, <laughs> and then and then just make him like scary for Seth, and then let him take the title off of Seth. Well, but, obviously, from what it looks like, he's gonna end up on SmackDown. But yeah, we'll I know see, he's gonna be the one taking it away from Kofi. From Kofi, but yeah. <laughs> the, if Roman would have lost, especially to Drew, it would have made people go, "Wow, Roman lost. They didn't. He's not their guy. Wow." And then they could have gone on a story like, "Man, Roman came back. He's probably not at his full capacity." Oh, which will, maybe which will give Roman again. more sympathy. Yes, let him lose again. Oh, what's going on with Roman? Then all of a sudden, the charge back. The comeback story, you know? Yes. They dropped yes. it. They dropped it, though. But th- this whole WrestleMania card showed how they dropped it from top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. They're just... And, and all you see is all, all these... The Conan with uh, Disco Inferno uh, podcasts. You see all yeah. these other podcasts. It's bad booking. You saw the other day, um, JR just came out, and, and he was like, yeah, they have a lot of bad booking. Yeah. I don't know who's... I don't know if it's Road Dog or whoever back there is booking these matches, but damn, man. Like, yeah. And and you brought up a great point with, with the comeback story of Roman Reigns. This could have been the jumpstart for him being, like, comeback player of the year. Like, he could have came back and been, like, the dude in the Royal Rumble or whatever the case. You know, he's come back from so much adversity. He didn't think he had it anymore. You know, blah, 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 you know. But they shat all over it. So we're just going to get the same old big dog Roman Reigns garbage. Um, Next match on the card, no holds barred, Triple H and Batista. Um, Triple H won the match, of course, because fuck everybody. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, not for nothing, man. I thought Batista looked kind of good, except when he kind of tripped over himself getting into the ring. But besides that, I thought thought Batista looked good um, in this match. I thought they did okay. Um, but like yeah, it was you said, a pretty good match. It wasn't after, horrible. I thought it was gonna be worse. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I thought it was gonna be bad, but it ended up being okay. And but like you said, after the Kofi Bryan match, the crowd was just asleep. After this that. would have like, been a little bit like it had they put it before Kofi. This should have been in the beginning <laughs> for it, me. It could have been in the middle. It could have been in the eighth match or something like that. Yeah, put Kofi. There's a lot of things they should have done. Triple H's match shouldn't have been. This match was not needed to go so far. I get the whole thing with the movie and stuff like that, but definitely not after Kofi and Daniel Bryan, or even two matches, even three matches later. It was, it, it was like, no, you just don't do it. But it was a good match, and it would have probably been received better had it been earlier or before the Kofi match. Yeah, and um, and I'm happy for Batista because this is the way he wanted to go out. Um, and afterwards he posted his, uh, his retirement from pro wrestling. We'll see if he changes his mind a year or two down the road. I think the movie studios don't want him. 
Yeah, probably doing on that. This. Yeah, so he officially retired, and uh, you know, good way for him to go out. He had he had a decent match. Um, it's not the way he wanted to go out years years ago, but you know, he got his final his final match in, and you know, what a way to go out in WrestleMania. So pretty, I'm happy for Dave. He got that new movie coming out, but he's like uh, he jumps in like a Uber, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and they go on some crazy freaking adventure. It looks pretty funny. It looks mindless, so I'll check it out. Um, after that, the worst thing for me that they did on this card, uh, Baron Corbin defeating Kurt Angle. Um, yeah, uh, this was terrible. This this was really bad. Um, Angle actually looked good in the yeah, match. And um, yeah. I mean, he did what everybody does when they're on the way out. He put over the younger guy. Unfortunately for Kurt Angle, his younger guy was Baron Corbin. Um, not much I can really say about this. They 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 literally took whatever air was left in the crowd and just poked the hole right in the balloon on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the main event did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that actually, just, that the main event was the chloroform that put everybody to sleep. <laughs> actually, this was the buildup because. Oof. Finn Balor, Bobby Lashley was horrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> they just they crushed Bobby Lashley. I'm just yeah, like, the, Finn Balor was power bombing him. He was doing. I was, I was, <laughs> I was just like, really? Like this is a guy that should be a WWE champion, and you really just like it should be. It should have been a more of a match match. First of all, I I I think the Batista Triple H match was was okay. It was pretty good, but 25 minutes and then Finn Balor goes for four. Yeah, that was rough. I'm like, that was rough. I was like, even in the middle of the match, I was like, okay, this should have ended like 10, 12 minutes in. Mm-hmm. You know? He, yeah. He, Triple H's ego just made that match go too long. Yeah, that well, match did not well, deserve to go long. I'm surprised Triple H didn't come out in some crazy lavish entrance. He just came out on a bike or, or, or whatever that was. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's Mad like a, Max. Like, yeah, like a high bike. speed of a bike yeah. in a. I'm like, but we didn't mention one thing. No, and, oh, and I, I was going to talk about that right after, right before the main event. So they had Elias doing like a one man band type thing when him and videos of him playing guitar and, and piano and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they go to a montage of like Babe Ruth, you know, the New York Yankees legend playing baseball and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what the hell is this bullshit? Like, I, I didn't know what was happening. I knew someone was going to come out. But all of a sudden, you got the 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 old school John Cena rapper, Dr. Thugonomics music playing. And I was like, oh, I, I'm not going to lie. I actually popped for this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did too. Because you know what? It goes to the theory of what I told you a long time ago. People want to see John Cena go heel. It'll be the biggest heel turn since Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. I actually popped for it. He came out. He he he. You know, dropped some rhymes on Elias. You know, cutting him up and all that stuff. And and my thing was when he said it ain't gonna be an AA for you tonight. You're just gonna get an FU. And he, I was like, I know. Yes. <laughs> and he told him. He said, I'm about to go heel on you. This is you're gonna see me as a heel. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And and when he said that, the crowd erupted. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah, they they've been wanting so it much. for a while. They boo him so much, but they really just want a Hulk Hogan moment out of him. Yeah. Hollywood yeah. Hogan. They want Hollywood Cena. 
But unfortunately for me, I think that was a one and done. I don't think he's going to do that again. I'm not sure. I hope he does. But, you know, he has so many projects coming up outside of WWE. It's just, you know, we'll see how we'll, we'll see how long it takes for him to come back out. But he gives him the F you, you know, does his thing. You know, the crowd goes crazy and he leaves. And then, of course, uh, I think your favorite part of the night, the main event. <laughs> The winner-take-all triple threat match for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. The man, quotations, Beth, uh, I almost said Beth Phoenix. Um, Becky Lynch defeats Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Now, obviously, we all saw this match and and saw the ending and thought to ourselves, really? That's the ending? And in my mind, immediately, you don't think so? No, I think it just was a poor match. Wow. I think I was bored with it. I walked away. Um, I also watched and I saw all the botches that they had during the match, like missed punches or whatever, and 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 just spots they should have hit and they weren't doing it. Yeah. And 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 so I think they wanted to do like um how you had the Cody Nick all this uh so far, they haven't had the trilogy part yet, but you saw how it was roll-ups in both situations that won the title. Which yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like a definitive victory, yeah. Yeah, so, so I guess they were trying to do that here to not make Ronda look weak, and then they saw the reaction that everybody was like, wait, this was a poor match, and then this is how you end it? Yeah, that so was So it's rough. just like, oh, we botched it. We're punishing the referee. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I my initial reaction was that it wasn't supposed to end that way because it was so abrupt and the crowd literally like didn't react until the bell rang and they announced Becky as the winner. But you know, everybody was confused. Everybody was like, "What is happening here?" Um. Yeah, I thought it was a botch, uh, and I read online, so I forget what source it was, I don't know how true it is, supposedly Becky was supposed to tap out Charlotte to get the win, um, but obviously, you know, and if you look at it, Ronda Rousey's shoulder was up when the ref was started counting, and he just kept on counting, you know, I, I, they tried to make it seem like the ref was in a bad angle, didn't see Ronda Rousey's shoulder, um, that's why I know it's a bunch of crock that it's a, that it was a botch. Because yeah, okay, I get it. He's at a bad angle, but it was just a really bad scripted yeah. ending. It wasn't a good match. It wasn't a good match at all. It wasn't. It, the only good thing that happened uh, was one moment when they had the brawl and raw, which was eh, until. Yeah. Until Charlotte Flair went and put the knee on Ronda Rousey. I was that like, wait was a great. That was, that was great. I loved good. it. <laughs> because other than that, it was like, eh, you're trying to make She had her head sticking out of the Austin. car and Charlotte came out of nowhere and kneed her in the head. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was the, and, and that was the only good moment in that whole sequence. And then. Yeah, that was good. Leading up to the match, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I said it on my last show. I told. I had two guys on there, and I told them both. I said, if these girls do not deliver, it will never happen again. That 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 was my mindset. WrestleMania, it probably won't happen again. Because that was bad. That was really bad. Especially 
how exciting it was to see Seth Rollins beat Brock Lesnar, how exciting it was to see Kofi Kingston defeat Daniel Bryan. Those were two great endings to two championship matches that should have been a main event. But you put these girls on, and, you know, it's not like they're not talented. They're all three talented. No one's taking that away from them. Ronda Rousey's a big name. You know what I mean? And now she has the... the, the, the she has. They try to sell it to yeah, her. Yeah. Now she has the distinction of being the only woman in history to main event UFC and WWE. You know what I mean? So... The, the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like the main event was eh, you know, because the even if it was the main event and they had like maybe half the matches, you know, the crowd would have still been deflated with the Kofi match and, you know, Triple H and Batista and, you know, Seth and Brock and freaking what, what happened with Kurt Angle and all this other stuff. I just think they still wouldn't get that reaction that they wanted to get out of Becky Lynch, you know? And apparently Ronda Rousey broke her hand as well. It doesn't work. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, what they do from here. Obviously, they got uh, Becky Lynch's first challenger is looking to be Lacey Evans. I don't know how you feel about that, but... Yeah, the build-up was whack. The only thing that was good about that was the way she threw the punch on Raw, but... That was hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> still punching in on SmackDown. I was like, okay, it's hard already. It's done. Yeah, I mean, uh, I find it impressive that Lacey Evans could fight like that in, in a dress and heels. That's pretty impressive. It was a solid punch. It was a pool punch, but it was solid. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So obviously with, with that, I mean, we have this Monday on Raw and SmackDown, the Superstar Shake-Up, which means pretty much everybody that was on you know, the shows that invaded from the other shows are obviously going to go switch. You know, we had, they teased a match with Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins on Raw to unify both SmackDown and Raw championships. And then the bar came out of nowhere because, fuck, why not? And then, <laughs> and then they did a tag team match, and that was rough. Um, totally. It was probably, for me, the worst Raw after Mania in the past, like, seven, eight years. I think it was the lowest rated Raw ever after WrestleMania. It was rough. It was rough. The only person that made his debut was Lars Sullivan that they've been promoting for months, but they finally brought him out. And he he attacked Kurt Angle, and then he came out again on SmackDown, which SmackDown was a better show than than the Raw. Um, The Hardys won the tag team titles from the Usos. Then they got killed by Lars Sullivan. I didn't... didn't... (laughs) It it just it kills me. It's just like, why do they keep doing that to the tag team? Like they 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 killed it when they did the whole Braun Strowman with the little kid thing. Yeah, it was just, that was rough. I and now they continue to bury it, and it's not a dead product. It's not a dead you know thing that that people want to still see tag team wrestling, but WWE wants to kill it for some reason. Yet it's flourishing yeah. in every other federation. Even when Impact was at the top of its game. Impact had the Dudleys, AMW, they had uh, the British Invasion, they had yeah. uh, Beer Money, they had all these teams that were in, they, they, they had to continuously hold tag team tournaments because they had so much talent. Yeah. And the champions yeah. weren't in the tournament. The champions, it was a tournament just to fight the champions. They had like Team Canada, with, you know, it was... Uh... Team Canada, oh my God, they were so good together. Yeah, yeah. 
They had you a know, bunch of teams, like, man. And then and, and, and you have WWE that just wants to kill it. Yet, you had the RVD uh, Sabu match. Yeah, it was five minutes versus the Lucha Brothers, but it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. And and then you had, you know, you had um, all the matches in, in previous weeks between uh, LAX and, and the Lucha Brothers, which was awesome. Yeah. And 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 shit, the match that uh that LAX had with the freaking Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of that, <laughs> speaking of the Rock and Roll Express, if we fast forward two weeks from now, the Crockett the Crockett Cup. Let me tell you something: the Rock and Roll Express has an automatic position in the tournament. It's an eighteen wow. tournament. You have. You have uh, the War Kings, which is Jane Dax and Crimson. Yeah, pretty good team. They're gonna face a wild card because there's gonna be a battle a battle royal for the wild card, and that yeah. battle royal uh, winner goes and faces them. Then you have Flip Gordon and Bandito versus I forget who, but they're gonna fight. Oh, I think it's some team from Japan, and then there's a team from CMLL fighting um, PCO and Brody King, mm. and then you have. Uh, the Rock and Roll Express. We should have been in the in the freaking wild card battle royal just for nostalgia reasons. But they're in the thing, and you know who they're gonna face? The Briscoes. Yep. And the Briscoes, yeah. I hope don't kill them on on, on pay per view. <laughs> I just pray that the Briscoes don't kill them. But um, yeah, they're gonna fight on that on the Crockett Cup. I'm like, what? That's hilarious. And and that card has holes as well. NWA because they have they have. Uh, Willie Mack is going to defend his belt, but it's going to be against Cole Cabana. They could have freaking put Peter Avalon um, <laughs> if they really needed somebody. Um, Nick Aldis, Marty Scroll, that's going to be good. Yeah. And absolutely. then you have Jazz, and she's going to face uh, Sienna oh, for the Sienna. women's title. That yeah. that probably it's going to be good. And you know I'm well, always I guess hard WWE on, on women's did, wrestling. I guess WWE didn't pick that girl up, huh? She was on the. She was in the May Young Classic this year, and she didn't get picked up. But they picked up, um, they kept Mia Yim. Um, they kept that chick, that little chick that was in uh, American Ninja Warrior, Casey Catanzaro. They kept her, um, and like a couple of other chicks that was in that May Young thing, they kept. Surprisingly, I, I they didn't keep Caitlyn. I thought they were gonna keep her because you know she's a WWE I product. Thought she was but, signed, though. I thought they she, signed her. And she hasn't been seen since in a WWE wow, ring. She must have done something. <laughs> After that, is she stunk it up? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it was rumored that she was signed up. And, wow. But, but you know, it, it's it's like the Oscar Bailey match that I actually was interested in watching, in and I thought it was one of the best matches I saw. But I think Jazz Sienna might be a great match. That's a good match. Yeah. And, and you know how I am. I'm like, eh, I'm not too crazy. I'm not too fond of it. But that one has my interest. No, Jazz is good. Jazz has always been good. Mm-hmm. And apparently, and from, what, fighting, so. from, from what you told me, Jazz is the longest reigning NWA women's champion, yeah, right? She has like, wow. Like, I don't know if it's four years or seven years in the reign, but she wow. has. Wow. I think she has like 700 plus days, so it's probably four years or something like that. Wow. But yeah, it, that's it's pretty a crazy dope. number. Crazy, crazy number. Or she's reaching 1,000 days or something like that. Damn, I haven't even watched that girl wrestle in years. Last time I oh. saw her was probably when she was in WWE. Last time I saw her, no, I saw her at the NWA '70 show, and she killed that blondie, that um, Penelope Ford. 
Oh, Penelope Ford, yeah. Yeah. It was an abuse. <laughs> yeah, she but was it's Penelope her Ford. Like she was a man. She was but like, is Pe- Penelope really a wrestler or is she like a valet? I don't know. Apparently she's a wrestler. And mm. Jazz just looked like her husband wrestling. <laughs> a Rodney Mac. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jazz, be- Jazz was always a roughneck, though. Even she wrestled in ECW, she wrestled with dudes. I still have on tape somewhere in my freaking collection. It was a match with her and Simon Diamond. That was that was a pretty good match. She she's always wrestled good. I have one match with her against Jason. You remember Jason Knight? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sexiest yeah. man on earth. He looked like a buff Bagwell ripoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, yeah, so, Jazz has always yeah, been good. Freaking Rock and Roll Express. I still can't believe it, but they're gonna be there. So if the Young Bucks put on a good show with Rock and Roll Express. I wonder what the Briscoes are gonna do. Maybe it's a squash, but I want I want to see the Briscoes torture them. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll they'll give they'll give uh, Ricky Morton and Robert get some some uh, some offense for sure. I don't think they're gonna squash them, especially it's an NWA show. The rock and roll are pretty notorious for with being the, with the NWA, so they'll, they'll they'll give them something. But the Briscoes are gonna wipe the floor with them, though. They're gonna win that match for sure. And then the next day after that, you have Impact. And you have the main event is going to be Johnny Impact against um, Brian Cage. Okay. For his title. Um, my thing is, I hope the production doesn't suck. <laughs> you know? Prob- well, they're not, they're not teaming up with any other promotion for this show, right? It's just Strictly Impact? Strictly Impact. Okay. Strictly I'll Impact. tell you, man... Uh... And I've said it before, and I told you this a few times, but I can't stand Josh Matthews on commentary, bro. No, he's not not a good announcer. I can't take it. I can't. Jeremy Borash was good. I'd rather listen to Don West, and he's the worst commentator of all time. (laughs) I hated Don West. Don West and Mike together. Oof. Yeah, he works for like the Home Shopping Network or something, right? What does he? Yeah, sell? But, like, but before that, he was selling T-shirts on on, on TNA. That's what he uh-huh. really did: screaming about buying a T-shirt. He was rough, bro. But Ugh. but Tanae would 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 make it work because yeah, Tanae would carry him. Yeah, for sure. Tanae was always the the glue. Jeremy Borash was good, and I realized how good he was when NWA had their um empty match to empty ring match and Billy was able to use the impact zone yes. to have Josephus uh, face off against um, uh, Tim Storm, right? Tim Storm. First of all, Tim Storm looked great in that match and I think he looks horrible in every match. <laughs> okay? So I was like, Josephus, God, there's more to you than whatever. Anyway, but Jeremy Borash in the empty arena his voice and the way he held it with Sam Shaw at his side, because Sam Shaw yeah. was lacking. He, wow, it felt like a big fight. Well, you saw you saw Sam Shaw got signed by NXT, right? He's in NXT. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he got signed. He got brought in. He's part of that new uh, new recruitment class that that WWE brings in every so every few months. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Guess he won't be walking by you in the supermarket anymore. <laughs> no, not not no more. Well, at least not in uh in my part of Florida. He'll probably be <laughs> he'll probably be by uh damn where the hell is he'll probably be like in the Winter Park area where the performance center is at. 
like WWE to me because they were afraid. They're taking everybody, bro. I think, they, I think just... you know, in, in the going back to the Hall of Fame, when DX was inducted and he was like he, he goes and he tells Billy Gunn, Oh, that pissant company. Oh yeah, gonna, Triple H. And, <laughs> you know, he'll he'll buy it. He uh Vince is probably gonna buy it just to fire you. And I'm like, you're like, interesting. Tony Khan is worth double Vince's worth, more than double, actually. Vince is three point yep. two billion or something like that. Tony Khan's seven billion dollars worth. <laughs> Tony Khan owns the Jaguars, and they yeah. are uh, very, you know, make a lot of money over there. He owns that football, uh, the soccer team, uh, famous soccer team in Europe, and that makes tons of cash. And he owns other enterprises. And yet you have Vince McMahon, WWE, and he owns the XFL, and he's struggling to pay for it, that he had to sell some of his stock. You seriously, you seriously want to make a comment like that? Dollar for dollar? It's <laughs> a company, he's going to buy it out? And, and, and they're, they're afraid. They're afraid. Yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly can't believe that um, that Triple H even mentioned they. He didn't mention it by name, of course, but you know, I, I'm kind of surprised he he talked about it so much. Like, I know obviously Billy Gunn, I think, is the head trainer for for AEW, but um, it's amazing that Triple H is even acknowledging. Like, why would you even acknowledge it? You know what I mean? It, of course, and now you basically just gave him a platform. First of all, the product hasn't even started. We don't even know what's going to happen. So when exactly. all the fanboys go crazy, oh, it's going to be the best things in sliced bread and cure diseases. They, they haven't you know? even had a show yet, you know? Yeah, you know, so it's like, okay, but now because Triple H said that, then you know what just happened? You just put it in the radar. Like That's you're afraid. It. Yeah, but not, but not for nothing. Cody, like, they have to deliver, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Cody... They have to. The Bucks, like whoever they bring they're in, they're gonna get Dean Ambrose. Yeah, yeah, they will, they will, and that'll, be, and, that, and, and that'll be a big deal for them. That'll be a big signing for them. And I, and you know, Dean Ambrose had his last match. Drake, probably. Yeah, if you know, if Triple H don't scoop him up, <laughs> and then I think I think they they might have a partnership with NWA. My th- that, that trilogy has to happen. Do you think they pick up someone like James Storm? Like someone like that who's floating around, or are they real meticulous about who they're trying to get? I think they're meticulous about who they're trying to get, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that I, I wouldn't rule out James Storm. But I think they're meticulous about who they're trying to get. Yeah, yeah, it, you know? it's it's real interesting, man. Like, uh, when is Double or Nothing anyway? Is that in like May twenty fifth, I believe? Look at that, yo! We're, we're literally about a month and a half away. From from that double or nothing show, uh, I, I'm real I'm real interested to see what rabbits they pull out of that hat, man. Because honestly, I mean, did they they haven't announced an opponent for Cody yet, right? Oh, let me check. Double or nothing. I don't think they announced uh, an opponent for Cody yet. And remember, I, I think on this show, maybe about a month or two ago, I told you what if his first opponent is Dean, if his opponent is Dean Ambrose. Could be, yeah. I remember you said that. That'll be interesting, man. For me, it's only two. It's only for me. It will be only one of well, only two people: Dean Ambrose or Nick Aldis. Yeah, yeah. I can see the Nick Aldis trilogy match. I can see that happening. And and they, they the last the first two matches stole the show, even though they were the main event. In 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 one, they were last match, and they were supposed to be the main event in All In and. Once again, another show where they put the main event in the middle 
and everything deflated from there because if you remember the main event of um of All In, it was like ah, you know. Yeah, it was like a tag team match with Rey Mysterio, right? Yeah, Young Bronx. <laughs> it was like I was like okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> the um the um what's the lucha brother that uh, Cerro Miro? Yeah, yeah, Pentagon. Yeah, Pentagon against uh, against um. Oh my God! Against everybody's uh, favorite guy, Kenny Omega, that was a good match, uh, it but was it wasn't better than Cody and uh, Nick Aldis. No, on that card, and you know, so when you take the big moment, you put it in the middle, you deflate the card. Yeah, you know? and so I could see it being uh, a show stealer again. If yeah, that's the match, that's a, if that's the match, yeah. Exactly. If not, I think the match of the night is going to go to Kenny and, and Chris Jericho because they stole the, the match that uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, in That's Japan. Like... Yeah, that was that was a crazy match, man. That it, it, At that point, I was like, wow, Jericho can literally shit gold. Like, anything he touches turns to gold, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he had 50-something a... and he keeps reinventing himself just like PCO? Yeah, he, he, has, a, he has a great match with Kenny. He has a great match with Naito. Oh, yeah. And it's like, good. and it's like, this is Chris freaking Jericho. Like, you know, out of shape, overweight Chris Jericho. Still doing it, you know? So that's why I consider Chris Jericho one of the all-time greats as well, which brought me back to my Kofi Kingston thing earlier. Like, there's so many guys that I would put ahead of Kofi Kingston. It, it's almost laughable to say that this dude, just because he got one WWE Championship, he should be considered an all-time great. That's 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 asinine. Let him, let him wrestle. Let him, even if they're gonna give him, because I think he's a transitional champion. He could still, if he could still put on some great matches, being that transitional champion. Because the transitional champion to me that was the shortest was uh, Rey Mysterio. That was like one month. And well, well, that was he tried to put if on. You good remember, matches. if you remember that time they gave Rey the WWE title. And the same night he lost it to John Cena. I don't know if you remember that, but um, they. I remember him having the uh, the um, the big belt. I don't. Yeah, remember he had the, the. Yeah, he had the world championship. Then I think he lost it to Kane. I think like after one month or something like that. Then he actually won the WWE title. It was a one night tournament because CM Punk did his you know work shoot walkout with the WWE yeah. title. They had a one-night tournament on Raw, which was won by Rey Mysterio. Then immediately, they made a match with him and John Cena, and John Cena beat him for the belt. And then <laughs> CM Punk, at the end of the night, came out with his WWE title. Oh, yes. Faced okay. off with Cena with his WWE title. Then they had the unification match at SummerSlam. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, yeah, I do. I do remember that. So Mysterio... That was a great moment. when he Had just... like a... 10 second title reign that night when 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 CM Punk had that whole match and leading to it and then they went to uh, Comic Con and he goes and he heckles um, Triple H and shows him the belt he's like I got yep. this yep yep <laughs> it was a that moment was, that was a it fun was a time good moment when Punk had that belt it was fun you know it yeah, was definitely fun I'm just I'm just I'm just we don't know what's gonna happen AEW hopefully it works out for them Hey man, there's a ton of rumors that Cody could go against Punk. I don't see it happening, but <laughs> no, no, I don't see that happening. But you know what? Tony Khan probably says, "Hey, here's two million commercial." Hey, 
who's CM Punk to turn down two million dollars, huh? Mm-hmm. I heard he wanted one million. He used to pay back Cocabana, right? Oh no, that was dismissed. <laughs> yeah, that was dismissed. The that whole podcast thing, yeah, but ugh. but yeah, man. So that you know, that's stuff that's coming up. We just talked about you know Mania weekend is in the books. Um, you know, a lot of shows went down. There were some shows that I didn't get to see that if it's online, I'll check out. Like, uh, I still need to see those two matches from the G1. I need to see the MLW Battle Riot that you mentioned earlier, which is on YouTube, by the way. If anybody wants to see it, they MLW posted it on YouTube. Um, yeah, and this, you know, uh, the next wrestling season has started. So let's see how let's see how it goes. You know, the Superstar Shakeup is this this Monday and Tuesday. Let's see who ends up where, who debuts where. Apparently, Paige is bringing a tag team to SmackDown to, I guess, challenge the Iconics. Um, in my mind, it's Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai, but that's just me. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, you know I mean, so, I mean, is there any other shows coming up that you know about that that we should keep an eye out for? No, no. I've tried to look in the future, and those are the two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, it is now technically Sunday morning. It is twelve o five, and um, yeah, man, I've pretty much discussed everything I wanted to get into. Um, so yeah, that was episode number forty one. I want to thank Sam for coming on again. Thank you very much, brother. You are always welcome. Um. Yeah. That was episode 41 of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I will be back later this week to talk about the Superstar Shakeup, among other things that are going down. Um, once again, you can catch the show on the SD Podcast channel, SNDblog.com. You can go on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcast or audio from. You can find us on there. And um, yeah, man. So. Once again, for Sam, this has been Jay, and I will catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Peace. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks? Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty!